Every those games will be a 6 out of 5. It is Saturday, November 12th, which means that right at the moment that I am speaking these words to you, episode 229 has not been uploaded yet. I'm sorry. I, it will be. I'm sorry. There's really weird weekly cycles getting 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 longer and longer, but it will be up. And note, it is 229, not 230, because 230 is now, meaning November 12th, meaning... <laughs> November 19th, which is when you will be listening to this, because that's probably when I'll have posted this. Uh, shit. I'm your host, Austin, of the what? Trygames.net podcast. Uh, where we do what? Uh, we talk about video games. And who are you? Me? I'm just a co-host. Just? Yeah, just you know, the co-host just slash co-founder uh... slash technical designer slash guy with hair? Of the website yeah, that we don't two, update, I, I suppose yeah. anymore. No. And now my microphone is auto adjusting yet again. Piece of shit. Yay! Yay. Uh, we are we are working in stranger recording conditions today. Uh, oh god, I would like to apologize for any strange echoes you might hearing or strange vo- volume fluctuations on my part, because I can't stop my sound card from changing the volume on me when it tries to record my voice based on how loud I am. And I have to keep on manually changing it throughout the podcast. And it sucks. And Al's headphones are kind of leaky because the last time he was over, he left the good headphones at my house and I forgot to give it back to him. Just like I forgot to give him back his potato racer for about two months. I apologize. More than that. Two months. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's going to be. It is Uh, going to be two months. And these headphones have no... um... They have no padding, so they hurt the hell out of my ears. Oh, jeez. It's going to be a fun recording session. Uh, uh, that's not good. But that's right. You know why? Because we've been playing some shit. Yeah, we try to. What did you play some shit? Me? Sir. Me? Yeah. Me? Yeah. I played God of War Ghost of Sparta. Ooh, so you started that. Yeah, I'm about halfway through it now. Oh my god! I given that pretty much every God of War game is ten hours long. So uh, you've already put five hours into that thing. Five and a half. Jeez, I gotta hold that thought because I'm very curious now as to how long I've put into this. Um, I don't know where to find it. <laughs> you don't know where to find it. Is it like? Is it in the pause oh, menu? You or? mean the information? Oh, yeah. Go to your game save utility and highlight it. It'll tell you how long you've been playing. Okay. I let me see where I last saved cuz I'm in the game right now. Home? No, I have to quit the game. Uh okay, well tell me then what what have you just uh what have you just passed or like what um like yes, where are you in the game? I'm going back to Atlantis. You're going back to Atlantis. Yeah. You are going back to Atlantis. Okay, so what do you, are you just using the blades of whatever they're called at this point, the blades of Athena as your main weapon? 
No, I'm way, way further now. I'm trying not to be you, spoilerific. I know. I get, I, I'm, try, I'm I trying not to be spoilerific for you either because I don't know who's farther now. Well, further. I, I, I might be farther if you, you might be farther misunderstood than I, me saying I'm going back to Atlantis. You might be further. No, I didn't, I didn't misunderstand you. I'm just trying to be clear so that I know. Uh, this is great for the listeners, too. Yeah. Um, I'm sure every listener has already finished the damn game. Do you have a shield? Yes, I have. I went through Sparta. I can say that. Okay, so did you just get the shield? Uh, about half an hour ago, or half an hour back. Okay, so I think you are ahead of me, which is funny because you just started playing this, and I've been playing this since you got it for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm on a mission. I need to finish this game for... Assassin's Creed Revelations. Oh my god. So I need to finish Assassin's Creed Revelations before Skyward Sword comes out, which is the following Sunday. Yeah. So my my aim is to finish God of War by Tuesday and Assassin's Creed Revelations by sometime before Thanksgiving. I feel like since it's a PSP, this God of War, like, because Chains of Olympus was six, seven hours. Really? I think. I'm pretty like, sure I put ten. I, I, I'd oh. have to look at my save. I don't know. I, I feel like um, actually I can look at my save. I don't. Know, I feel like God of War is one of those games where, or at least the portable ones, where those where such says like, all right, you you put some time into it, and you think it's like a lot of hours, but when you look back on it, it's really not. It's it's it, it feels like a lot of hours because you're doing the same thing. Oh well, yeah, but like I usually go by, uh, you know, hours played. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Is this the memory card that I have got a war on? No, it's not. Um, well, <clears throat> I'll say that God of War is, uh, as expected, it's a very awesome game. It looks awesome, and it plays very well, and I, I feel like they've improved on the controls since Change Olympus. Mm, really in what sure. way? And I, I ask you this remember. because I don't quite remember. I don't remember the controls being the same, like for dodging. I think I don't remember Eleanor being dodging. Uh, but, it was it was a it was it was holding something. Yeah, I think it was like hold L and press circle. Maybe I don't remember, or something like that. But now L and circle is the Hyperion Rush. Right. Ah, crap! I just loaded a game I didn't want to load because <laughs> <laughs> I was um. <clears throat> now I'm screwed up between your PSP and my PSP. Oh no! The, the circle and X button configuration. Oh right, because it's Japanese. Ha <laughs> ha. And, uh, and so I pressed X when I, you know, I meant to back to out. Press X, but I wanted to back out, and. Uh, Anyway, hey, all I know is this: since the dawn of time, okay, since four button controllers have existed, thank you, Super Nintendo, for face button, the the rightmost button has been confirmed, and the down button has been canceled, and so Sony of America messed that up. Yeah, because they're dummies and they think that Americans were more used to pressing X as their standard button. When what? Okay. Super Nintendo was the only console that had that same configuration before it, and it had it the other way. Yeah. Silly Sony. Silly rabbits. For everybody. Also, um, mm-hmm. also, doesn't, you know, 
doesn't an X kind of make you think of like, oh, I'm crossing it out. I don't want it. And That's a circle kind of makes you, and a circle kind of makes you think, I want this. I am That's circling why it. It's there for the Japanese. Oh, those Japanese and are so smart. The they make Sony better clothing, America. and better watermelons, and better controllers. Square watermelons. Who'd have thunk? <laughs> Square watermelons that you can Square. stack in your fridge efficiently. Wow. That is... That's magical. Yes. Fucking so, iPad. The iWatermelon. <laughs> back to video games. Yes. Uh, I am enjoying uh, Ghost of Sparta, and the, uh, the storyline is pretty appealing. I'm, I'm trying to figure out where it goes before it actually gets there, but I don't, I don't think I'm actually going to predict this story. Um, I there's not as many like open mouth gasp oh shit moments in this game. I guess because I'm numb to it all. Hmm. Um, there were a couple, but they weren't as like extreme. It was just like, damn, like look at what he's doing. Like, um, you you did the dissenter, right? Uh, yes. And at the end. I like how he's like staring into his eyes for like that entire moment. It's almost like you know, like look at me. This is this is this is who's doing this to you. Yeah. Um, and he had that like ill ice grill on. And then, um, Aranus, did you do? Did you pass Aranus? Yeah, yeah, because you had he, to pass Aranus. Yeah, cause yeah. You, you got the. the so uh, arms. let me let me tell you exactly where I am. Okay, so I got the spear and the shield. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I went through the thing where they're like, okay, you can hold R to throw the spear, and mm-hmm. then I passed that trial, and then th- I got to the point where they're like, okay, you can use, you can throw the spear to destroy glowing red objects, which was like a wall or something. So I, I, mm-hmm. I destroyed that wall, right. and then now I'm at a point, and I was actually going to ask you for help here. <laughs> I'm at a point where I am chucking my spear across a gap in a bridge at three or two archers. And I keep on dying because every time I kill the archers, I try to jump over the gap and he won't grab, he won't make it to the other side, even if I double jump and even if I, like, actually that's one of my complaints about the game that I'll get to when I, well, we're talking about it now, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, we're not talking about it now. I'll tell I, you this much though. Yeah. We're at the same place and I haven't gotten to that yet. Like I'm at the safe point right after the breaking of the bridge. Right after the breaking of the bridge? Yeah, so I'm... Unless I don't remember... Because uh, mm-hmm. the bridge that I'm at is already broken. There's already a gap there. No, no, and no, it's... I'm talking about the one where you have to attack the red glowing object. That oh, bridge. that thing, okay. Yeah, and then I climbed up and went to the save point, and then I had to stop. Okay. So well, then if the you figure it out, then you can right tell after me. that. Yeah. If you figure it out, you can tell me. But I keep on. <laughs> oh God, that, that that that's kind of one of my complaints. Is some of the things in the world don't necessarily seem like this bridge that I'm talking about. It, it's a gap that you eyeball it, and you should be able to clear with a double jump, no problem. Mm-hmm. Like it's short enough, and I can see Kratos getting to it, but then an invisible wall kind of prevents him from grabbing it. Mm. And I kind of feel that that's, that doesn't make cognitive sense. Because the thing about God of War for 
at least I thought, for the most part, is just how well put together these levels are. And when you think you can make a jump, you could probably make that jump. Yeah, and, unless you mess up and jump a little too early. Right, but it, it, yeah, exactly. But it's not but the game's fault. It's not the game. It's 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 that you, you know, you mistimed it. And by the way, I, I do have la- for those listening out there. I do have laundry, and if you hear an alarm go off, that's my phone telling me I need to get the laundry. At which point, I will probably ignore it and keep talking. But <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I feel that there's kind of there's more more show in this game than other God of War games. Accepting Chains of Olympus because, again, I don't remember that as clearly as I do the other ones. There's a level of, hey, this is clearly built, and we clearly want you to do something. And it's very obvious that we have constructed this in a certain way because they're invisible walls. Mm-hmm. And there are jumps that you're supposed to be able to make, which you can't. Like... I don't know. There's 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 just some kind of weird, and, and maybe my eyeballs are fucked up. I don't know. Um, but for example, I, I think a great example, and I think you'll probably see this. You've probably felt this way too. I, I I I'm guessing when you kick the shit out of your own reflection as a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when he comes out of the mirror, that whole area, you are limited to moving down one kind of like down one aisle. There's this whole expanse of room that doesn't necessarily lead anywhere, right? It's just a big room. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And there's like, like little archways. And there's stuff a little archway that, like, like any normal human being could just kind of lift up his leg and step over. Yeah, and then there's like the staircase. Well, outside of the the temple, there's like staircases with little ridges, like rails, not rails, but like almost things like people would sit on on the side of a staircase. Mm-hmm. And you can't jump on those. Yeah, like things like okay, here is the edge of a level, and we are not going to trick you into dying. So we're going to create an, we're going to you know, put it make invisible wall. yeah, understood. Yeah, I've, I've been trying to quote unquote kill myself a lot looking for secrets. Looking for secrets, and, right? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure in the other God of War games, like especially for PlayStation and well PS2 and PS3, that you could just jump off of stuff and die. In some cases, I don't. I don't quite remember being fooled as often, but like even if even if they did do that, but in this case they decided to build invisible walls. I'm okay with that. But mm-hmm. what I'm not okay with is just kind of well, not not that I should say I'm not okay with it because it doesn't really destroy my enjoyment of what I like about the game. But it certainly does break the immersion in the world when you know. I just happen to move to the left, and like this inch high curb is preventing me from jumping. In that, <laughs> yeah, into, it's like this isn't an area where I'm going to die. It's just a piece of the scenery, and you so, should be able to, you know, at least step on it. Right, and 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 the reason why that kind of sticks in my craw so much is simply that they've done such a good job of making this game look freaking great that it just breaks it. It breaks the sensation and the immersion, like I said before. It just breaks it. When like you realize that he's he can't he's jumping and he's fa- facing an invisible wall and it's like, um, it's one of those things that w- what I'm hearing makes Drake two and three so great in that they they build these great experiences for you but then when you get to a point where you're doing stuff like you're participating in, in a chase where you're running towards the camera and you can't see what's coming up and you die because of it or you miss time mm. a jump. And Gosh, Bandicoot. Oh yeah, that too, right? 
yeah. but you miss time at jump, and, and and obviously through no fault of you know the game because like you, you can't have a game where you don't. Well, you can't have a game like Drake where you don't like where you can't die because then that's just there's no challenge. Oh yeah, there. that's just hand holding. Right, but like you miss a jump, and this cinematic experience that they've created for you is broken because like oh, I I kind of died, and now here's some terrible ragdoll, you know. <laughs> My arm is like behind my back, like the the Family oh, Guy arm. Oh god, they have that. Like, well, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. I'm oh, gonna call god. it Family Guy arm. Yeah, <laughs> when they <laughs> fall off a building or they get hit by a car, and the arm is behind. The <laughs> I love those. Like when somebody falls out of a window or something, they hit the ground. It's like the arm just go. It's it's almost as obvious or expected as somebody getting hit by a car and one shoe flies off. It's so expected that when it does happen, you laugh anyway. Well, no, because here's the... So for anybody who doesn't know what the hell we're talking about, if you don't watch Family Guy, they started doing this thing, I think, maybe halfway through the series where, like, whenever someone falls down or gets knocked down or, like, thrown down or thrown out somewhere and they land on the ground unconscious, they're always in a pose where they're, like, either on their side or their belly and they're one of their arms is, like, splayed out in front of them, and the other arm is twisted behind their back like they were caught in a half Nelson. (laughs) But there's nobody actually doing the half Nelson. Their arm just happens that way. And that's just a very awkward, unnatural, like, how did your arm get into that position type of thing. Without you actually doing it yourself. Without you actually doing it yourself, which makes it really funny (laughs) because it happens all the time. Every time. There goes the alarm. Check it out. Check it out. Oh, it's finished. But it's like... It went, but it's like even if like even if you get punched, like you'll get punched and then ricochet across the wall and then land on your belly and your arm will yep, family and die. Your arm will be right and it's like that you. doesn't happen. <laughs> but I feel like you know that 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 kind of starts to happen in video games. It's like you, you you go through Nathan Drake's adventure and you're jumping and you're swinging and you're you know big dick and you know you're awesome and cinematic moments, things that shouldn't bother you, and then all of a sudden you fall down and you're ragdoll. <laughs> it's um, it's like uh, also in similar Family Guy and other cartoons when you get hit by a car uh, or you get run over, that one leg gets bent backwards. No, yes, mm-hmm. broken Every leg. Time. That was my that in American Horror Story. I was surprised, and it wasn't animated. And it wasn't animated. It was Ugh. like you know somebody, re- you know, a real person actor got run run over by a car. And the car kept going, didn't even stop. And then they showed an overhead view, and her leg is bent backwards. So, so yeah, I mean that that's, uh, and and I guess so. You're saying you see it too. It's like it's just maybe it's the side effect of having played the fifth God of War game in almost as many years, maybe or more years. It's and it's like it's starting. You're starting to notice things. I'm starting to notice things. I'm it, like. I'm at the point where where I wonder why people hem and haw that God of War games are so awesome and then turn around and say and I'm not talking about you because you, you just said awesome and I just happened to use that same word. I'm mm-hmm. not talking about you in specific. But right. why they, they say, yo, this is whatever, this is fantastic cinematic experience, yada 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 and then they're the same people who turn around and say, Oh, Every Zelda game is the same. Oh, every shooter is the same. Mm. And it's like every God of War game is Every God of War game is the same. Um and I'm not and you know, now that I think about it very hard, aside from, you know, 
the typical sequel changes that we'd like to see uh, and that have been implemented uh, in terms of like levels and bosses and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Design. Like, no, they are very much the same. Yep. And I think you and I come from an era where Super Contra was the same thing as Contra. Yeah, just with the overhead level. Except, right, right, except for the overhead level. Um, Mega Man 5 was almost the same as 4, which was almost the same as 3, which is almost the same as 2. Little just things like a slide thing, and a Mega Buster. Added this, added that. Yeah. And, and it's like, for us, it's like, all right, great. Give us more of the same, hell the, yeah. It's not necessarily that you're giving us more of the same, but it's like, you built something great, and mm. don't go away from that. Innovate on it, but don't like completely... You know, because then you end up with Castlevania 2, where you're like, shit, uh, yeah, this is completely different. I don't know Zelda what to do. Too. You know, or Zelda 2, which, you, you, by the way, for, for, for the record, like, I like both of them, but I could totally see why people were like, this doesn't feel right. And you can see why they didn't do it again. Right, right. And, Even and though I'm, they kind of did do it again in Castlevania with Symphony, Symphony. of the Night. Yeah. They actually did it, they did it in right. a way that succeeded, and then they... Basically, just use that formula for the rest of which is really funny life. because all they really did was use a successful formula from another game. <laughs> Very true. Um, and, and 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 I'm not advocating like, oh, you know, make the same game every time. And I, I but I'm not advocating like the, I think, I think it was Greg Kasavin when he was still with Gamespot. He said something along the lines of innovation is innovation and originality, at least in the game space, tend to be overrated. Or tend to be emphasized more than they should be. Very true. I, I I think like, I think when you come to something like God of War, you sh- maybe you shouldn't have five God of War games in six years, which is hmm. Well, let's see. Let's take a look. Uh, oh yeah, I have the mailbag up. I should have. If I'm not mistaken, the original God of War came out in 2005. And I just belched. I apologize. Um, God of War... Game. God of War came out on March 22nd, 2005. Mm-hmm. So it's 2011, and they just came out with a remake of God of War Origins Collection. So God of War Ghost of Sparta came out in... 10? Yes, November 2nd, 2010. So it's basically one God of War game, almost one God of War game every year. Pretty much mm-hmm. one God of War game every year. If you count out the average. So maybe they shouldn't be doing that. Because that comes to a point where you're like, okay, this is the same and we're getting it too often. But at the same time, like, there's nothing wrong with it being a... a an enhancement of a successful formula. As long yeah. as they space it out, you know, it, and that that's kind of why I've kind of looked at, looked and sneered at sports games in general. Like, oh, wow, look at this. Look what they're doing. Like, the the first big, big, huge thing that in a long time that I was impressed by was when NBA 2K11 came out, and they're like, yo, Michael fucking Jordan. You can wear his earring. Not really. But, like, he's coming out, and you have all these challenges that you need to face that, like, you, you gotta replicate his stats from all his memorable moments as a player. Um, and that in and of itself was so challenging that that could take you hours. That could take you a full games, a full, like, single-player games time worth of playing to get done. And right. then now they have NBA 2K12 where, like, yo, we had Jordan last year. 
All right, we'll do you one up. We'll get. We'll give you Jordan. We'll give you Pippin. We'll give you Dr. J. We'll give you Larry Bird. We'll give you Magic Johnson. We'll give you all these players now to do the same thing with and unlock oh, these teams. Oh, expanded upon it. Yeah, and it's like, okay, had I not bought it for $30 on Steam, I might have considered paying $60 for it on a console. Actually, no, that's a lie because, you know, I'd try not to pay $60. But point being, <laughs> point being, like, they they did something where they expanded upon something the next year enough to make it worth it, whereas in previous years, it's like, oh, you know, we changed the way that jump shots work a little bit. Eh? Oh, we added a button that does one thing that kind of maybe works. Eh. Yeah. Eh. Hey. Oh, here's this new God of War game uh for 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 your new system and you know, we added like a Hyperion rush. Yeah. Okay. Awesome, but didn't you just come out with a game last year? That not to be fair, you know, we're we're talking about console versus handheld and maybe one doesn't have the other, but I'm I'm willing to bet that if you have a PS3, you probably hmm, Okay, so that's an assumption that maybe I shouldn't make, but no, there's a, there's a very it. good chance that if you're a God of War fan on the PS3, you're going to get the portable version, and it's going to be very similar. And I think, you know, I have no... I have very little problem with it, because I space my games out so much. Same here. But perhaps that is why I have to space my games out so much, because it's like, yo, I just fucking got done with three. What am I going to do, just jump right into this one? All right, I'll, I'll hold it off, you know? Which is which is not to say that I didn't want this as a gift. Thank you very much. That was an awesome gift. Yeah, I'm saying I give I I give the gift with the expectation that you'll get to it in due time. Yeah, in like years. But yeah, yeah I mean, I don't know. After so so, I mean, get back to the original point. Like after so much playing of this game, of this series, like you start. I guess you start to notice these things, and you start to it, it starts to lose that kind of. Like you were saying, you don't get wowed anymore. Like you didn't get oh shit anymore, because you're you're kind of numb to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a little sad because that's what got that. That's mainly that is mainly why I play God of War to give the Shack face. You know, right? Go, oh my god! Oh. But you know, I I wonder if it's because it's the PSP version. I, I mean, not that PSP version has anything different, mm. but like I was still wowed to that extent with God of War three. You know, I mean, God of War 2 was the ultimate, like, Shaq face repeatedly moment <laughs> game. You know, from Icarus to, uh, I don't know, I, that's the only thing I can think of right now, Icarus. Yeah. That whole Icarus level was just like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, one after the other. You know, in God of War 3, there's like, you know, Apollo and, um, uh, ugh. I can't even remember. But you know what? That stuff. might be a very good point. Wherein it's like, look, we've moved on to to, to a big 1080p surround sound uh, PlayStation 3 version of this game that looks fantastic and that just is com- not only is it fantastic and you know part in the rhyme, but it's also fucking bombastic. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's all the way out there. And then now we're moving back to a smaller screen. You know. I'm using the PSP one, wh- whose screen is not very bright, when you compare Same it to here. the new PSPs and the 3DS, you know, and you're. Oh, that's another thing that I actually kind of wanted to to jump onto is some of the very dark level design is very hard to see on this screen. That's true. And I got I, I was a little bit disconcerted, so like I shut the sh- I shut the drapes in my room and shut off the lights to play it. Mm. Yeah, you I'm know? always playing in the dark. 
Because <laughs> um, I'm in, either in the studio and it's dark in there, or I'm trying to go to sleep and my shades are already closed. Right. And I guess my final evaluation so far of this game and, and this series, because I started feeling this with God of War 3 on PS, PS3, is that I don't need it to, and I guess, to use scores just because it's easier to explain it this way. I don't need God of War to be any more than a four-star game. I don't need to be perfect. I don't need it to be the best thing ever because I already got that in two. Very true. I don't need it to be that because I don't think it can get to that because... They're trapped in this cycle of, yo, here's what a God of Wars game game is going to have. One, guts. Two, titties. Three, anger. Four, blood. Five, secrets where we move the camera in one direction, but all you have to do is just move against the camera and you found a secret. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, or, or just slash everything and you'll find a secret. And that's what a God of War ha- game has to have. And it's like, as long as they're trapped in this loop, they're never going to wow me again like soup like really wow not shack face but i mean like from a yeah game. like wow this game is designed like very well did this i didn't expect this i didn't right. expect that which two did for me like it's never right. going to do that to me again and if i feel like if they try it then someone somewhere is going to complain that oh this is different <laughs> um, um well, i wanted I, to ask but, on the topic of secrets yes um did you catch the secret in the volcano where you're climbing on the rope, and it's all lava at the bottom, but if you drop down in one place, you can get a a, a, a minotaur horn or something. Uh, that sounds familiar. Um, and it's, you only kind of know that it's there because you see a treasure, you see, like, your treasure chest, like, um, just off the bottom of the screen, you're like, what the hell? What like, how that? do you get to it? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, may, like, okay, I may well, have I gotten I that. Drop here. I may have gotten that. I might not have, but it's. It, I may have got like something that was a, a was in a similar situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I missed a secret already because I could see the chests and I didn't know how to get there. This was very early on. Mm. Um, but yeah, the secrets like, you know, it, it's. I I like them because in this type of game, like, I just want to move forward. Mm-hmm. Because that's how they've built it, and that's what they make me want to do. But they're they're not like they're just li- like I said they're literally like here's a camera we're panning in one direction as you're moving if you maybe it's not even panning it's like the camera's nudging you in that direction yeah. it like shifts by a few angles like okay you've climbed this wall now here's where you need to go but like, if you say if you turn around the other way the camera goes oh my god you found this right and it swoops around to the other side. Um, sorry, drinking tea. And it's kind of like, um, I don't know if you remember from David Serlin's blog about secrets in Donkey Kong Country 2, but Mm-mm. about he, he had this one article about DKC2 where he was like, okay, so they expect you to move from left to right. One of the most ingenious secrets in that game is at the very beginning of the stage, if you just walk to the left, you will find a Donkey Kong coin. Because they do that a lot in Donkey Kong Country, period. Like, yeah. Donkey Kong Country returns half the secrets of that. <laughs> right. Um... So I don't know, like I, I don't I don't mind that, it, but I think it's one of those things that now we know what it is. We know what this mm-hmm. game is, and and it's kind of in this ditch where you don't want it to change, but you do. But you're scared. You're scared that if it does, you're not gonna like it. But you might get tired of it. And I think for me, the only solution is yo, don't come out with one every year. It doesn't matter that like it's on a different platform. Just, just don't come out with one every year. Yeah, and then you know you give it time. You can. As a, a, a familiar musician had once proposed to his band, recharge batteries. 
yeah. and come back with fresh ideas and it won't be old and tired even if you come up with most of the similar things and just add a couple of really ingenious things on top of it. Yeah. At least it won't be, well, you guys just did this last year. Right. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons why I'm just kind of, why I look at this and I look at Call of Duty and then I'm willing to make a concession for something like <coughs> Zelda or something like Castlevania. No, I shouldn't say Castlevania because those did come out yearly. Mm-hmm. Almost. Zelda, where you get one game every five, well, one game or possibly two every console iteration. Right. <coughs> or like, I don't know, what what else is a very high iterating game on a console? High? Uh, um, yeah. Other than sports games and Call of Duty? Uh, I don't know. There aren't any. I mean, Assassin's Creed is kind of getting that K- way. I mean, Killzone is one of them. Okay, so Killzone came out on PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. Wasn't very liked. Came out on PlayStation 3, a lot of people liked it. Amongst all the shooters that were coming out, they're like, no, you know what? No, no, no. We're, we're going we're gonna to work on 3, and we're going to release it in 2010, 2011, actually. And so I think Killzone 2 came out in, like, 2008. So that's a, that's a decent three-year gap, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they took their time. They're like, we're not going to make this, you know, a franchise that has a game every fucking year, you know? Burnout follows that similar kind of course as well. Uh, you know, they came out with the first one, and then it was a couple of years, and they came out with the second one, and then it was another couple of years, and they came out with the third one when the Xbox, uh, you know, I think it was, yeah, the 360, or was it just the Xbox? Oh, wait, Killzone 2 was 2009, Killzone 3 was 2011, so, eh, No, I'm talking still. about Burnout. No, I know, I'm, I'm, I was oh. checking the dates. Oh, okay. Um, and then how long was it between Burnout Revenge and Burnout Paradise? And now they have, oh, well, they came out with the burnout crash mode, but they haven't really come out with a burnout game since Paradise. Mm. If I'm right. We're counting we're only counting Revenge by its original release, right? Not the three sixty release? Yeah. Because the three sixty release was wasn't that just like straight platinum or well, it couldn't have been straight platinum. Because it uh, would have had to sell <laughs> in order to be a platinum hit. Um so, Burnout yeah. Revenge was two thousand five. Burnout Paradise was in the 08? 2008. Yep. Mm-hmm. But not, dude, not only did they release it completely different, uh, completely later, but it was so different. Yep. So even if they had released it, like, one or two years later, and like, that would have been... And now Burnout Crash, which is a completely different game. Right. It came out three years later. A motion control game. No. Or something. Well, it, it has motion control in it, but it's more of a uh, I know. game. I'm saying Overhead, the fact that it has it. GTA. Um... But yeah, so that's God of War. That's my God of War experience. What about you? Like any any other words, or or would you like to tell us what else you've been playing with? I haven't played anything else. Oh, <laughs> because I've been at work all the time. Oh. I come home and I go to sleep, or I do something, some kind of errand, and I try to sleep, and I wake up and I do stuff at work and play God of War in between stuff and come home and go to sleep. What do you think of the weapon? What do you think of the spear? It's cool. I like the animations. It reminded me a lot of the the character from the movie that has the name of the king of Sparta. <laughs> uh, he does a lot of like Leonidas type stuff, type moves, and oh. like, a lot of the moves are named after Leonidas. Period. Anyway, and I wonder if they're giving a nod to like 300 and Gerard Butler and all that stuff. And he does like 
like, um, you know that lunging move that he does, like, the third hit of Oh, yeah, ball? yeah, yeah. Reminds me a lot of Troy. Yes. Um, that opening scene in Troy. When Brad Pitt did that shit to the, to yeah, the dude with the dude. Yeah, sword in that dude's shoulder. It's awesome. Um, I, I... You know, if I'm being objective and I kind of compare it to the other ones, like, I probably wouldn't be like, okay, this is special. But having just come off of God of War 3, where the where his blades and then Hades' blades and then those other green blades were so similar oh, yeah. that I was like, similar. why do I care? Like, I'm just going to stick with the blades. I just want to use the blades of whatever. Mm-hmm. Blades of Chaos, blades of Athena, depending on what game you're playing. Right. And and I I feel like in this game though that when I switch weapons, it's not seamless. Like he stops, and the thing that bugs me slightly about that is one thing. One of the things that I liked doing in God of War two was switching back and forth between the the the, the blades and the sword, mm-hmm. between long range and short range power. You know, I really like that sword that he had. Too. I yes, I did like doing that too. That because it was good to have like that long range. Be able to kind of attack a couple of people, but then when you get up and close, you get those long, sweeping, very powerful strikes yeah. against like one person. And it was easy to switch in and out of that. I haven't really switched weapons yet, like to to be active and do something, and then try and switch weapons for a different purpose on the same enemy. Yeah, so and that sword was just freaking cool in general. <laughs> yeah, that sword was hot. <clears throat> But you know what? Maybe I'm being a little unfair. Let me see when when Chains of Olympus came out, because because I know that between God of War one and God of War two, there was there was a, a normal there was a good two year gap. Yeah. So yeah, God of War one gap. <laughs> four, whoa. Sorry. That Did you just blow your nose? No, I'm trying to clear my throat. I'm having sounded like a fart. I'm having an ear nose throat problem right now. Mmm. And and. So that was 2008 for God of War: Chains of Olympus, and then 2009. Did God of War three come out in nine or ten? Ten. Ten. Okay. So <coughs> all right. So I am being a little unfair. It was it, so it's like God of War in 2007, uh, God of War in 2005, Five. and then the second one in 2007, a good mm-hmm. gap, and then PSP in 2008. That was a year gap, and then PS3 and PSP in 2010. Ah, so I'm being fair but unfair because it's like I'm I'm sitting here saying they have one every year. Well, they didn't, but then they kind of like doubled they up. They lumped a couple together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they re-released one and two. Yeah, the re-releases I'm okay with because those are just re-releases. Well, I'm I'm saying that as a, a point of fact is like um, you can kind of like replay the same game and get that experience, like, depending on when you got God of War, like, say you never played God of War before, now you got all five games right in front of you on the same console. Yeah. It can kind of really get sick of it if you tried to play through all of them at the same time. Yeah, it's not... And and I always I always think back to how I watch TV, mm-hmm. where Dave will lend me a DVD set and it will blaze through it in, like, a month. Mm-hmm. Like, I went through the Shield, like, I went through the first half of the Shield in, like, two months. Maybe even one month. And it took me, like, it took me three weeks, maybe four weeks, to get through two seasons of 24 the first time I started watching it. But that's different, you know, that that, that they that gives you something to move forward to, uh, something to look forward to, whereas this one, after, like, the, the second game, you kind of run out of surprises because you 
you know, it's like, I don't know, like, I know that the story has always been, they've always said that the story is a big, big thing about God of War. Right. I, I thought it was fun, but I never really thought, like, I never really cared what happened one way or the other. Unless they did it wrong, which I think they did in God of War 3. That's just my opinion. I, I, I didn't like it. I think we discussed that, but. Yeah, we did, because uh, we both, I think we, I finished it shortly after you. Yeah. And we had that discussion on the ending and why it did it that way and how it could. I think we talked about how it could have been done differently. But yeah, it, it's not like um, it's not the story in and of itself is not truly compelling and epic. It's kind of empty, but it doesn't give you that. I can't wait to see what happens in the conclusion. Right. Like if you were watching Empire Strikes Back. You know, that right. kind of effect of, ooh, shit. I can't wait to see the last one, but, you know, in Star Wars' case, the last one kind of got disappointed. Because he's always angry. Yeah. He's always angry. And it, you already know what he's going to do because of his disposition. Because he's always angry, he's not going to do the right thing. He's not going to think clearly. He's never going to have a character development. And that's I think that's, like, one of the main problems with... God of War as a, a story device, a mm. plot device. Right. It's like Kratos is extremely one-dimensional, so you know what he's going to do. Everything he right. touches turns to shit because <laughs> he doesn't know how to handle anything. Right, right. So I'm expecting, you know, in Chains of Olympus, not Chains of Olympus, in Ghost of Sparta, Ghost of Sparta. nothing good. Right. And, and I don't really remember. I mean, I know that the game looks like it takes place directly after God of War because mm. it starts out with him sitting on the throne of Ares. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that takes place... So wait, I'm trying to figure out where the, the portable games fit in again. Chains of Olympus, does that fit in before God of War? Let's uh, let's ask uh, the genie Wikipedia. Ah, yeah. See, I, Wikipedia, I, I, I tell us. Give us the God of War timeline. God of War... List of war deities. I'm talking about <laughs> God of War redirects here. For the PlayStation 2 game, see God of War parentheses video game. For the video game series, see God of War series. For other uses, see Gods of War disambiguation. War Gods redirects here. For the video <laughs> game, gods, see War Gods video game. game. I would rather not. Thank you. Thank you very much. War Gods. Thanks. Um, okay. So the lineage is uh, God of War Betrayal? It's probably like a comic or a cell phone game or something. It's probably the cell phone game. Um, it is 2D. Let's see. It doesn't say platform. Oh, platform. Yeah, yeah. Java ME. Yeah, it's a it's a cell phone game. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's great. That's great. So it is six games in six years. Um, <laughs> release order. Oh, they have it in release order. They don't have it in chronological order. Um, and I guess you're gonna have to go and look at the individual games because I think they. Tell I you feel like I, I feel like I saw one, or saw an article that had like, that had placed it in chronological order. I Let's see. So God of War, got Chains of Olympus. Uh, Chains of Olympus happens during Kratos' ten years of service to the gods, oh. which is what it says here. So there that's a true prequel. Got it. Um, uh, they actually have a Wikipedia thing. It's a template. God of War chronology. Oh, where? Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, it's Chains of Olympus, God of War, Ghost of Sparta, Betrayal, 2 and 3. 
Betray- they actually put betrayal in there. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have this URL. Can you please send it? Sure. Thank you. Great radio, everybody. Great radio. Mm-hmm. Um, but, ooh, someone sent me a message. That's you. Chains of Olympus, God of War, Ghost of Sparta, God of War 2, God of War 3. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like... That, so, what What then draws us to the game is the gameplay, which, you know, I would never have it any other way, obviously, mm-hmm. knowing me. But uh, but also, like, the Shaq face moments. And I. this may sound like blasphemy, but, like, maybe they shouldn't have made you say, oh, shit, so often. <laughs> because sooner, out the shit, yeah, know. because no, I'm I'm saying it only because they released so many of them that you get to a point where it's just like, okay, I kind of expected that. Mm-hmm. Like I disemboweled some monster in Ghost of Sparta, maybe like yesterday, like uh, like four hours in. Was it the? It wasn't the lion, right? I think it was a lion. Because that that when you <clears throat> you do a similar animation to uh, some other thing in God of War Two. Right. Three, it's like this big uh, centaur. Oh, wait, maybe it's three. Yeah, it's it three. is three. And three, you know, th- that happens in three, and you're like, oh my god, because it just kind of flops out. And it's gross, and it's like unexpected. And then, and then in like uh, Ghost of Sparta, it's just like, like for me at least, when it happened, I kind of chuckled. I'm like, huh, that's gross. <laughs> and it made me it made me think of the PS3 version. It was like, I'd rather... It's so, so maybe you're also right in that like it is portable versus big screen version. Um, he- Here we are, like, Sort of bitching about the game, <laughs> sort of. But like, we still like it a lot. Yeah. It's just you know you still have these you know, I <coughs> was going to end my um what you call it what you call it about this game talking about it uh, by saying that I am actually willing to get God of War Origins Collection so that you can play it on the big screen so I can play them all in chronological order. For Evelyn, because I was I wanted to do that in anyway, <clears throat> so I can just have her sit by and, and watch the the titties the the titties and uh... <laughs> L- let's talk about the brothel. Yeah, let's real talk about quick the because that was the one thing in this game that I was like they really changed it up and they really made me laugh because yeah, I, I, I thought that was hilarious. Up. I thought that was great, like. Usually it's just okay. There is a bed. Press circle, mm-hmm. do the things, and then get red orbs, and then clean up. Right. Even in three, I think it was like yeah. They kind of like dramatized it a lot in three because of um, what was it? Not Persephone. That wasn't Persephone. Whatever her name was. Yeah. Oh, oh but like Patty. right. Persephone but it was, was still it was still Jason walk up to her and watch this happen. Yeah, like watch. Well, it wasn't even watch this happen. It was go around the corner and watch two girls watch what's going on. Which technically happened in, in Ghost of Sparta, but it was but hilarious they, to the effect they, that they it was make like it they funny. decided they to run join in. in. Two more they're girls like, came around to like, watch. They decided to join in. They're like, oh my god. <laughs> it was like, like the one the, 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 funny, the, the funny thing was the one girl on the right side of the doorway. She's like feeling herself up as she's watching this. She's like, <laughs> I, she's like, like you, you could see the way that they I animated her. That. She the way they animate her, she's just like, okay, I absolutely cannot stand this. I can't take it. I can't handle it. Okay, I'm going in. <laughs> I'm going in. <laughs> and then more show up. Yes. 
And then, like, they're walking him out, and he's like, get off of me. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, not that I condone it, but it's so freaking hilarious the way that they just, co- that, like, they, they choreographed it, for yeah. lack of a and better it word. It's, like, funny from start to finish, too, where he, like, grabs one girl from the front, flips one other girl over his shoulder, and then when he gets to the bed, he throws one on his shoulder all the way across the bed <laughs> and then pushes the other one onto the bed and then he's like that's alright it's time to start and then all of a sudden everything starts shaking and shit and then like, oh my god look at that oh my god look at that I, like, I went to do it again because um, I wanted to see if there were any more red orbs and the second time I did it I got exactly eight red orbs eight <laughs> one for each <laughs> I, was I like, should okay. go back and do it I, did, I can't now but yeah you have one to for each of them. That's funny. Go back, back, back. Um, but yeah, that's like. Remember in two, the gag was, "Oh, you're doing it in front of the mannequin piece, the the statue." Oh, and right. Yes. And like, so, so that that was like that was like ha ha ha. This one is like, this one's like really clever. I thought. Yeah, I, I um, enjoyed it a lot, and not like that way, but because right. Of the no, that. but that's that's why I liked it so much because it was less. Like it was much less titillating of oh my god this is like they're doing this in a video game and more just like this is really like this is really self aware and like it gives you a like it takes a knowledge of the character and like all his like really misogynistic exploits before and just like it feels it feels like it feels like uh they had like really smart writers like come up with the scenario. And not just like tee hee hee, wouldn't this be funny? But like, like why psychologically it is funny? It's like I'm not gonna try to explain it. Try to explain a joke makes it unfunny. But like, let me see if there's anything else. Um, yeah, my notes here are invisible walls, sex mini game, new weapon and shield. <laughs> I like having the shield. I like being able to block and walk. Yes, I don't think we've ever had that before. Walking is a very good thing. Yeah. Um. So that's all you've been playing. Um. Yeah, I briefly played some Balloon Kid. And that's not really worth talking about. I'm on stage four. Uh-huh. And that's really it because I haven't been able to play anything else. Um, Malone, Malone, kid, kid. I um I tried to play this game called The Townsman um on my tablet, mm-hmm. my tablet. It is a. At first, I thought it was like a a, a quasi strategy tower defense game, and then I realized that it was a full on strategy like building game. So I was like, great. Great. This is, you know, this is the type of more in-depth stuff that I like, and they're bringing it to the tablet. They're bringing it to mobile platforms. Boot it up, and the interface is horrendous. Mm. Like, they they implement a lot of double tapping. Okay. Well, maybe not a lot, but they implement double tapping to the point where I'm just like, the same thing could be either achieved with a long <coughs> press and hold, or with, like a right-hand side menu with buttons on it to, to perform an action. This is a 16 by 9 screen, after all. You have real estate. Mm-hmm. Use it. You know? Um, but, like, I was double-tapping everywhere just to, you know... So, the way that you... God, I'm trying to think. See, I'm. Tr- it's not intuitive. I can't even think to, to explain to you how it works. Like, the way that you assign a villager to build something, I feel like you you double-tap on the structure, and then, like, a menu pops up that, like, shows, like, the... 
an icon of like a, a peon and then it has like a plus or minus button and you, when you hit plus it increments by one so if you wanted two people to work on this thing you double tap on the structure you wait for the menu to pop up you click on plus twice to get two villagers working on that then you click the checkbox so it, so that the window goes away and you get two villagers walking towards it now mm-hmm. i would think that you would maybe zoom in on the villager just tap him on the head and then tap the building so that you can control which one you wanted to work on what that would make I mean, well, think about it this way. Let's say I've got five villagers. Two of them are collecting water. Two of them are collecting food. One of them's chopping wood. Mm-hmm. I kind of don't need water. So I want those two to build the house. So I want to tap on the house. I, I, I want to tap the villager who's working on the water and tap the house and do that for the other villager. Or maybe I want to, like, click and drag a selection circle and tap the house. But no, I have to go through all these weird menus and I have to, like, and I don't know which one the game's going to choose for me. And then, like, <laughs> okay. I don't know. It's just, like, you, you when you double-tap anywhere on the map, then, like, another contextual menu shows up where it's just, like, do you want to build something? Do you want to do this? Do you want that? I'm just, like, just, like, have a menu or a thing off to the side that I can just say, here's the house. Build it. Like any other RTS or any other building game. Have the icon there. Let me just tap on it and then tap on the place where I want to build it. That's it. I mean... It's, like, the fact that I have to sit here and think about how it works to explain to you means that as a touchscreen-based, presumably casual, even though I know it's not, strategy game, it kind of fails from the interface standpoint, doesn't it? Like, it I shouldn't have like to. Ex- like, I shouldn't have to sit here and explain very long to you how something like Angry Birds works. Yeah, Angry Birds is a very simple premise. And it's or, or even something... Great way. Or even something like Plants vs. Zombies, where the gameplay is complex, but how to play it is simple. I tap yeah. on a plant. I tap on the screen. There it is. You know? And, and, and like, it's, it's a shame because I was like, this, is, this looks like an in-depth, involved game that I could actually get on on a, on, a, on a tablet. And I've been griping about how, you know, touchscreen gaming is not the future. And I still don't believe it is. But it's at least a good option to be able to have this type of game. Like, wouldn't it be great if we got Command & Conquer working on a touchscreen interface and it's not dumbed down? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be great if Square Enix was like, you know what, we can put a, a port of Final Fantasy on to mobile platforms. Please don't do it because you know I'm going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> like, th- that would be great because the 2D Final Fantasies don't require that much, you know, dexterity. Tap, tap, tap. Hold in the direction to move. I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. But then the strategy game comes out, and it's just like looking forward to it, and all of a sudden, I I can't I can't get it. Maybe I'm just dumb. Um, I'll give it another shot, but I don't know. Uh, the last thing though that I've been playing more of, I kind of shuttered Shantae for a second so I could get more into Devil Survivor Overclocked, and I'm really kind of getting into it now. Oh good. Um, because I've been mostly grinding in battles instead of listening to the stupid dialogue, <laughs> which I which I let you hear a sample of last yes, week. Yes, I do recall that. Um. But I won some more devils in the devil auction, uh, demons in the demon auction, which is kind of fun. Like it, you know, when you win, like there's this big graphic. It's like hammer price. You won the demon. Do you want to pay your bid or do you want to default? I'm like, I want to pay it because I don't want to not. I don't want trouble this coming this way. Um, I found a couple of more demons by doing some story battles, and the thing that I told you about last week, where you can you can take an action outside of moving and attacking, like. That is coming into, like, I'm starting to get more of the hang of that. Like, that's coming into play a lot more 
Um, and I, I, I started getting used to that more by observing how enemy characters would do it to me. Like, mm. they would... What would they do? They would, like, cast a a movement-enhancing action on themselves, on themselves, so that they could get closer to me to cast a movement decreasing spell on my guy. <laughs> so you can't run away. Right. But like the way that it works is that, you know, the and and I'm explaining this because it's a little bit weird. Like again, it was something that I was not used to coming out from something like a, t- a Final Fantasy Tactics. Like you bring up the menu and, you know, for for your one character and that member that 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 character has three up to three people in his party because it's the character and then his two helper demons. Right. So you, you bring up the menu and you can either move, attack, do one of three actions from those characters in your party. So that's already five options. Or end your turn. Or do something else. So, like, I would, if I were to do the same thing as the enemy did to me, I would, I would pick the spell option for one of my demons, cast it on myself, then move, Sorry. then cast another spell. And usually you can't do that. Usually it's like you can move and you can do something. That's it. Very true. In, at least another tactical game. So, right. like, what you end up, what you can end up doing is like, you can end up casting a buff, moving, and then casting a debuff on someone else, and then turning around and attacking yet another person if they're in range. So you get a lot of things done with one turn with one character, potentially. Uh, which which ends up being complex, but like once you actually see it in action, you're like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and and I like that a lot because like. I feel like I can get a significant amount of stuff done without ever attacking someone, um, or vice versa, or or, or whatever. Um, I'm gonna start to ramble, so I'm gonna get off of that little <laughs> bit and move on to like in battle. Um, there were some mechanics that I didn't really elaborate on that I didn't really understand at first, but like each each set of enemies that you fight has like a ringleader, and if you defeat that ringleader, like the battle's over. Mm. Like no, no, no. I'm sorry, not the entire yeah. battle. But oh, that, that enemy battle with that right, that group dies. Mm-hmm. Like you take down one, you t- you take down them all, and you get your experience points, and you're good. Um, and oh, the and it's thing not is, like you get less experience because you left some over. Right? No, you 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 you, you demolish all of them. Nice. And and the thing about that is, obviously, they don't tell you who the ringleader is. So it's, it's, <laughs> oh, like they can't. So it's that would be that would be easy. a rip, right? That would be just like, oh, here, you know, this is what you always do. fight. The, and then why have the other two there? Right. Might as well and then there's this other thing. Much stronger. Right. There's this other thing where where executing a critical hit again, which is random most of the time, almost guarantees you an extra turn, one extra turn. And what that means is, um. So when you decide to attack an enemy on the board, you get one round, they get one round, that's it. The turn is over. Mm-hmm. So your three guys attack, their three guys attack. You're solid. You're good. For, for that round, you're good. But if one of, your character la- one of your characters lands a critical hit on an enemy, then a big extra turn logo pops up. And when the round is over, any character who has been granted an extra turn gets to move again. Uh, I'm sorry, gets to attack again. Oh, okay. So you stay within the battle mode. Um and then like so so you're you're sitting there trying to go for critical hits and there's this buff that one of the one one of the demons has which called which is called aggravate which guarantees you a critical hit. 
Uh, okay. So, so you always want to sit there and you always want to try to buff yourself before you go into a fight. And so, like, the, you know, there are little elements like that that you have to take into account. Um, and when you combine that, like, the enemies can do the same thing to you. If they land a critical hit on you, then they get an extra turn. And that's when it becomes a little bit hairy because then you're kind of in trouble if you weren't able to land a critical hit yourself. Because mm. now they've got extra turns and you're sitting there like, I'm just going to touch myself. Oops, I got hit. Um... <laughs> And it, it made me realize when combining that with the whole ringleader mechanic that they really put you and the demons on 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 an even keel, tools wise. Like you you like it's very it's very even in that respect. And they had to do it to make sure that it stays within the tactical framework. Because you know, in Final Fantasy Tactics, those types of games, like you're you're very much on an even playing field with your enemies in terms of like what you can do, like whether or not you're outnumbered. Sometimes doesn't really I don't know how to explain it. Like, like you're, you're very matched. You're very evenly balanced. Like, every battle you have to focus. You have to, like, think about what you're doing unless, like, you're super, super overleveled, right? And that only takes effect on story battles because the random battles, they match your level. Right, right, right. Um, and in this case, it's like, because they have that mechanic of, oh, um, like, every time you, every time you go into battle, like you actually go into a separate attack mode when, when you attack. It's like you shift to a different screen and it's all menu-based now instead of like, you know, grid-based. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might think, okay, you know, I have my own little mini party and I'm fighting against these enemies and if they take out one of my story characters, then, I, then I've then i lost that skirmish. So in turn, they implemented that ringleader mechanic where if you take out one of their, like if you take out their ringleader, then the battle's over. And that, right, that, that kind of evens it up. Right, the same. But the computer doesn't treat it like that. They don't treat it that way. That's good. Right. So, yeah, like the, because they, then that then that would also be unbalancing, right? Because then they would know that who your who your character. Yeah, is, and, and then they, they would just all attack pile that on one him. guy. And then yeah. why have those helpers? You might as well make it one really strong dude versus three computers. Right. Right. Um, let's see what else is is notable about that. Um, I think. Uh, the, oh yeah, right, and they they give you like technical bonuses for your currency because you you need the you need Maka, which is your currency. Is Maka the same currency in the other games? Um, M A C C A. I don't. No, no, it's yen in Persona, so I don't. Oh, uh, okay. And th- and this it's Maka. It's it's currency that you use to win devil au- demon auctions. So like that's how you pay with Maka. I don't know if there's a different type of currency that you use to buy items. I don't think I haven't seen any of that stuff. Um, that's another thing. I haven't seen items and such, and it's very odd. I'm very used to you know Square games where they give you items up the wazoo. True. And there's none of that here. But yeah, like there are technical bonuses where if you can win a battle without getting hit. Or you hit one enemy and the damage spreads across multiple enemies, like if you use a spell and you kill all enemies in one fell swoop. Or do other things, like you get a bonus, like money. So, like, it incentivizes you to try not only to, you know, just win, because in a tactical RPG, once you win, your health is restored and everything, but to win well. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't remember there being another tactical RPG that I've played that does that, but at the same time, I haven't played too many, and I fell asleep playing Front Mission, so I sold that back. (laughs) <laughs> so I couldn't tell you. Um, let's see. What else have I been playing? I think that's about it. That that was a lot of Devil Summoner. Ah, Devil Survivor. Uh, God of War 5. And that silly Townsman game. And Words with Friends, of course. Um, 
before we move on, I'd just like to say I'm looking at the Toys R Us Black Friday ad that got leaked. Oh, no. And they have a buy one, get one $5 sale. Oh. That includes, uh, of these, uh, Forza 4, uh, Gears of War 3. You mean the Forza 4 that comes with a lot of people's Xboxes? Uh. Oh, Forza 4. I'm sorry. I thought you said Project Gotham 4. Yeah, no, 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 Forza 4. That just came out like a month ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gears of War 3. Uh, if you were into Dance Central, Dance Central 2. Ooh. Um. Uh, Need for Speed to Run. So you're telling me that I could get Gears 3 and Dance Central 2 for pretty much $33 each. Yes. So you're telling me that I'm going to be a very, very impulsive buyer in the next couple of weeks. Possibly. Um, So you're telling me (laughs) that I'm going to have to get Gears of War 2 now to make this worth it. Uh, God damn maybe, it! Maybe, maybe not. Depending. I can't do it, Scotty. I, I haven't even opened. I didn't up even Epic the yarn. List. Epic I didn't yarn. Fi- I didn't finish the list. I know. What I find hilarious about this list is that Battlefield Three is on this list. Uh, Rage huh. is also on this list. Uh, Modern Warfare Two is on this list. <laughs> two. Uh, yeah, two. Um, let's see, there's a little big planet two, Uncharted two. I don't know why not the Uncharted double pack, but whatever. Um Call of Duty Blops. Uh I think that's Harvest Moon. I don't even know. No, that's some game that I'm not interested in. It's based on for cartoon. Uh Ratchet and Clank Future maybe it's the second one. And God of War Three. Hmm. I'm like, well shoot. Gears of War 3, I would get, and that's it. So, uh, yeah, that kind of sucks for me. I mean, I'm not going to get Gears of War 3 anyway because I haven't even really played Gears of War 2. But do, do you have Uncharted 2? I have neither Uncharted nor Uncharted 2, and that's why I want the double pack. Right. Because it's 40, and they sell each individual game for 30. Still. Well, their greatest hits are so 30. Right. Hmm. Um, I'm going to... Pretend that I never heard that, because I need to be strong. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Here's one way to not be strong about it. Or one way to be strong about it, I should say. <laughs> I was going to say, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, my bad. Um, get Assassin's Creed. And that's it. Be busy with that. I need to be busy with... Oh, I need to be busy with the two-for-ones that we got last year, a.k.a. Epic Yarn and Epic Mickey. Oh, yeah, those two games that are still in the shrink wrap in my house? Yes. <laughs> and I should have gotten, I really I should have gotten Donkey Kong. Too. I should have gotten Donkey Kong instead of Epic Mickey because everyone's talking bad shit about it. Yeah, I know. Um, but I, I actually want to play it because everybody's talking bad shit about it. Ha-ha! Ha-ha! My um, game sucks! Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I'm, yeah, if there's nothing else to talk about, let's uh, move on. Let's move on. I think it's time for a break and to remove my laundry finally after 15 yeah. minutes of it sitting. And I gotta get to sleep like very soon. I gotta be up early. Again. Be right back.
from the uh, laundry room. I have. Al has returned from breathing death seven times. How was Breath of Death 7, sir? Uh, it's cake right now. Cake? Just very cakey. Mm. Is that, you use that, like, combo meter mechanic in the battles? Is that, like, the game that does that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, before we jump into the topic, which Alfred so wonderfully found for us, I'm very curious as to what people's reactions are. Well, I should say, I'm very curious as to the continued fanboy reactions to reviews. And, and, and here's the funny thing, is that I don't think it's ever stopped. I just started ignoring them. <laughs> but I really couldn't help but look at the comments when I saw that Patrick Klepek on Giant Bomb gave Skyward Sword a 4 out of 5. And it's one of those things where it's like, 4 out of 5, good score. But wait, it's a Zelda game. But wait. Every Zelda game supposed to be a 6 out of 5. Yeah. So, I, I, I went into the comments thread and... Never mind the fact that, you know, in reading his review... Like I, I I pretty much disagree with some of his assessment on uh, Twilight Princess, and, you, and and coming from that viewpoint into Skyward Sword, it, it is going to be very difficult for me to use this as a good uh, basis for evaluating whether or not I should like. Obviously, I'm going to be purchasing this anyway at some when? point. <laughs> but when, right? But like in terms of you know, for the sake of discussion and critique, I don't know if I would be seeing this game from the same point of view because he and I happen to see Twilight Princess from very different points of view. So that is my way of saying that this review is not for me. However, as we always know, fanboys don't take that angle. They take the angle of, this review is wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's really funny the lengths to which people will go to disparage some reviewer and I I kind of used to do this when I was like in my in my very early 20s in my late teens and it was really stupid I was a dumb child but <laughs> like once I started like looking at this more holistically and then started actually reviewing shit and then going through the process I realized what a dumb shit I was and what dumb shits these people are um but this very very disparaging comment says he says Let's end this by looking at every other review and how much everyone else loved it. Note that Giant Bomb gave it the lowest score. All of Patrick... Here's a good part. All of Patrick's criticisms were as if he had better game design logic than Miyamoto, which is sad because Nintendo has proven to be good and Patrick's opinions on game design getting in between him enjoying the game just shows what he actually wanted to do for a living but has yet to realize. So what he's basically saying is that Patrick is a dumb shit because he really just wants to be a game designer and he's bitter that he hasn't been able to do that. <laughs> Jason DeSante, thank you for proving that the internet is full of idiots. That's his username on, on the site. I, I mean, that, that's like, that's where people go with this shit. Like, mm-hmm. when someone questioned my Breath of Fire 2 review on Virtual Console, he basically said, this guy must be a 23-year-old, 20-something-year-old who doesn't know the history of RPGs. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you talk... What? What? Like, it's like... And, like, how did you get to that conclusion? Right. It's like, oh, he just he's wrong. Like, I had my own opinions of why I felt that I had to disagree with certain people's assertions of it. 
like I had problems with the way with the with the way that they voiced their viewpoints and the logic by which they voiced their viewpoints because I didn't agree with it. But I never said mm-hmm. this guy does not know video games at all. <laughs> or this guy is bitter that he didn't get to be a game designer, and so now he's using that bitterness to fuel his whatever. And maybe that's not what this guy is saying, but this comment smacks very much of that. Like, if you just read mm-hmm. it, it's like... It's like, his criticisms are as, as if he had better game design logic than Miyamoto. No. A reviewer's criticisms are their reactions to what they see. No reviewer is saying, I could do this better. A reviewer... Well... The ones that do shouldn't be reviewers. They should just go to hell. Yeah, they should just go right. to main games. No, all they're saying is, you know, I can't make a game. These guys know how to make games, but they've put something in front of me that I don't exactly agree with. Right. It's like, I know how to play games. I know how to have fun. Right. And, and this just happens to not be as fun to me. having fun. Or as intriguing to me as they wanted it to mm-hmm. be. You know? I think, I, and I think, like, when we had Alex on the show many eons ago, and he talked about... Like, I I can't remember if it was Ethan or Tony or me who asked, or you who asked him, like, did you ever want to actually go into game design? Like, because a lot of people start out in journalism and and, and kind of migrate to that because that's what they they want to get in the industry. And he said, no, my thing is to play them and talk about what I like and dislike. That, that that's what it is. Like they're talking about mm-hmm. what they like and what they dislike. And if they find that a, there's something with the design that doesn't agree with them, they're going to talk about it. They're not going to say like, "Well, I would have done this." That's not what they're saying. Yeah, and that, they should not. Right. And and I think the better journalists know that. You know, they they they're just saying, "Look, it's designed this way, and I my reaction to it is this. And the only reason why I'm going into detail as to why I don't think this works is because it's not satisfactory for me to tell you, the reader, oh, I don't like it. I need to tell you why. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you rather someone tell you why they don't, why they're not so sure about the design choices that a designer made, instead of just saying, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> Zero out of five. Right. Right. <laughs> Thumbs down. Toes down. Penis down. Everything down. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it, it's it, I just saw that comment, and I was just like, wow, they're still doing that. Um, and I don't know why I thought that they would ever stop, but, like, yeah, personal you know. attacks. It's just like, all right, yeah, that, that, that's okay, because that's okay to do, because you know the guy, you know? Um, <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to throw in a bit of that, because you have a great topic, which I want to hear you talk about and announce with the impending release of the Vitae, which is... The Vitae. Yes, completely mispronounced on purpose. Um, before I talk about the Vitae, yes. I forgot to mention something yes. uh, last week. Yes. And I really wanted to mention it today. Mm-hmm. Um, Echo Chamber. Remember I was talking about Rocksmith? And I was talking about the high cost of entry... Because you have to have a real guitar to play the game. Yes. Um. Just one second. I spilled water all over my shirt, and it's very cold. Mm-mm-mm. I'm sorry. Okay, continue. Sure. Um. I was walking through Target a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> and I noticed that Rocksmith was on display. And the price of Rocksmith is seventy nine ninety nine. No. Yes. With guitar? No. With adapter. The adapter is twenty dollars. Oh, okay. And the game is sixty. And I said, Wow, I would not pay eighty dollars for the game and this adapter. 
knowing that yeah, twenty dollars is for the adapter, but damn, it's it's a shame that they can't eat up the cost of that and make the game still fifty nine ninety nine. Hmm. So, what, moving aside from games that just came out, but curiously well, though, what what mm-hmm. what is your opinion then on things like? And 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 it's slightly different, obviously, because you, you right now you're only going to use that adapter for Rocksmith, but mm-hmm. something like Wii Sports Resort, which costs twenty dollar extra if you get it with the Wii. Well, back in the day, if you get it with the Wii Motion Plus or or Red Steel Two, which required the Wii Motion Plus and charged you twenty extra if you wanted to get the that version of it, or you know, Tiger Woods or whatever. Well, I want Wii Sports Resort. I still don't have it. And technically, I can, if, I don't know if they sell it uh, standalone, but uh, I could got, I could buy it standalone now because I have two um, Wii Motion Plus right. controllers. Um, well, Wii Remote Plus. But, right, but I, I'm what I'm saying... But I, the thing is, I would not buy... The like, I would not buy Wii Sports Resort with the uh, Wii Motion Plus adapter if it came out to be <clears throat> sixty nine ninety nine. Because I think I I don't know if it came out to be sixty bucks, but I know I'm that I'm sure it came out to be fifty, and the Wii Sports Resort technically came out to be thirty. Right, that, that's what I'm saying. You're still like they're not eating the cost. What I was what I was asking was about your statement of it's a shame that they can't eat the cost, and I'm wondering if right. that also applies across all the other things, or if it's just because, well, Rocksmith. It's because of the price tag in and of itself. Um, because the Wii Sports Resort and the Wii Motion Plus came out to be the same price as a regular game, I don't mind so much. Just like how um, I bought. The Pokemon, uh, Heart Gold, Soul Silver, came with the Pokewalker, and the and the price of that was forty dollars. Uh, you know, regular uh, DS games are like thirty-five, thirty, 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 thirty-five. If you put the Square Enix tax on top, or the Nintendo right. tax, and this one was forty, and I paid it because I feel like. Well, first off, the the piece is ten dollars. Yeah, it only works with that game, and forty dollars compared to thirty dollars or thirty five for, I think no, Nintendo games, first party games also thirty five. Yeah, that's why I said Nintendo and tax. And this tax it goes to forty. That's what it is. Third party DS games were thirty. First party DS games were thirty five. So you're basically you were only you were only paying five dollars on top. Technically. I was only paying five dollars more. Um, and uh, I can't remember what the other thing was that you mentioned, but it, I, it was something I wasn't interested in buying um, because of the fact that the the attachment the the, the pack in increased the price. But like something like Mario Kart, well, not that I want the Wii wheel, but Mario Kart came with the Wii wheel and it didn't cost any extra. Yeah, that's fine. Right. But I think that if Mario Kart turned out to be fifty nine ninety nine, like because it has a Wii wheel in it, I wouldn't buy it. Right. And if that was the only version available, I wouldn't buy it. Nope. Sorry. Okay. 
Um, I mean, if I was crazy about Rocksmith, I would probably pay $80 for it. But I'm not crazy about it. And that $80 price tag makes me even less crazy about it. Because, like, yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering where, like, the line is drawn. Because it's, it's, they're very similar concepts. And it's like, well, we're willing to concede for one, but not for the other. And, and mm-hmm. removing preference for whether or not you already wanted the game, I'm just looking at the market and saying, here are the numbers, here are the facts. What makes it more appealing? What makes it less appealing? Like I would like if I were if if I were interested in Rocksmith, like that adapter to me is basically the plastic guitar for Guitar Hero. It's kind of like well, you need it, and it's what makes this thing special. And I would very well not expect them to eat that cost. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted the game, I would I would do it. You know, um, obviously I don't because like I I'm actually very very heavily contemplating. You know. Removing all my rock band property out of the house because I don't want it anymore, mm-hmm. and that's a sad. That's the end of an era because yeah, I can't have parties anymore if I do that. <laughs> but right. I don't know. Like I, I just, I just look at that and I'm wondering, like, is it really feasible for them to eat the cost on that game when they likely won't sell very many of those anyway? And it's more, it's it, it like I don't know how they're positioning it, but. I, I like I, I think they would be a little bit foolish if they were to try to position it as anything other than a an electronic learning tool that's somewhat fun, that somewhat falls into a medium sized niche as opposed to a mainstream music game. Oh yeah, like a competition for rock band three. Right. And and as Definitely. a result, you know, one might think, Oh, well if you want to sell more copies and you take away the cost of that adapter. You have to sell them. Mm-hmm. But maybe they know they can't sell more and because it's not going to gain that much traction and in order to kind of recoup some of the, you know, some of what they're spending on this, you know, they, they can't really very much eat the cost and they know that people who are in that niche will be and like... It's not their adapter. They didn't make it. Oh! They're probably paying for, you know, they're paying $10 probably for the USB to quarter inch adapter, and then they're make paying you, making you pay an extra ten dollars so they can make a profit off of it. Oh, of course, but that that's how it's done. Yeah, no, but some people break even on the on the attachments in some sort. Right, but I'm saying like if they're if they're not going to be able to if they're not going to be able to break even on on the on the merit that I'm using the wrong words on, on the premise that like they're just not going to sell very many of these. And they mm-hmm. and they would like to recoup some value. It's understandable why they wouldn't eat the cost. Now, my question well, to you is: uh, what I'm not judging them for it. What is the adapter, though? You said it was a, it's just a, a USB, USB to a quarter inch um, line jack. That's all it is. It allows you to take a a regular line cable for your guitar and connect it to an interface of a PS3 or a 360, which is USB. Okay, now that you say what it is, I'm thinking to myself. Is that really worth twenty dollars? It's not. So then, I like, mean, I could, get, I could probably like build that for five bucks. So now, I'd, <laughs> five. Now, like, I still like, I'm, I'm still fine with the, the idea that they are not eating co- a cost in general. But I'm not fine with the idea that the, that, that they're, go- that they're charging twenty for this thing that they probably, yeah. they probably like shit out every other day when they eat fish for dinner, you know. <laughs> Like, that thing sounds kind of like, like you said, like, I'm going to take my soldering iron and do this for myself for, like... Yeah, because all it does is it transmits, uh, I would assume it transmits wave data, and it converts, you know, pure 
audio wave into, into information into bits and bytes. So it's a, it, it's got to have like a analog to digital converter in there. Yeah, and maybe the analog to digital converter is new. I don't think that if it's you know, if it's something that truly like and here's where we don't know because it's 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 hard to gauge because we didn't make the thing. If it's something that's truly yeah. you know engineered and took a bit of you know legwork into creating this thing and it costs a bit of it costs a hefty chunk of cash cash like like a fucking Nintendo 64 cartridge that is understandably expensive because of the market mm-hmm. for that type of chip and all that stuff understood but if it's just like a tchotchke like oh this is just a USB cord like you get this type of adapter anywhere oh well yeah that's definitely not there's got to be some kind of technology in there because it converts Right. Um, something that cannot be handled by a computer to something that can be handled by a computer. Right. But even so, I think that it's probably just one chip. Right. Well, it makes one, one thing compatible with the other, and our main topic has to do with compatibility. Damn right it does. I segue. Segue. It was terrible. Um, we recently got an announcement of what Sony is doing, at least in Japan, for PlayStation Vita. Vitae. Vita? Vitae. Vitae. Yes. PlayStation Vitae. Vitae. For people who um, would like to use their UMDs from PSP um, duh, um, duh. on their PS Vitae's. Vitae. Uh, the solution is called the UMD Passport. And uh, let's see, when does the PSP come out in Japan? December seventeenth. So oh my basically, God, about... that, that feels like it's like tomorrow. Yeah, like, I'm not ready for this shit. <laughs> not <laughs> well, well, it's I, not coming out in America yeah. until February twenty second. Yeah, I mean, I told you, I want it. I want this thing. I'm just not ready for it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, about a week before, on December sixth, the UMD Passport service will be launched in Japan, and. What you do is you download an app called the UMD Registration Application. Mm. And after you do that, you enter the UMD game disk information. Oh, you put the UMD in your PSP, and you register it with your PSN account through your PSP and, I guess, your PC. Okay. And then you'll be able to purchase a Vitae. <laughs> in, I don't even know if it's enhanced or it's just Vitae compatible. Right version of this PSP game on PSN. Now, it could very well be the PSN game. that, Like, for example, oh, I, I got a P3P, and I have the UMD. I buy a Vitae, and I put my P3P in my PSP, and I use this UMD registration APP. <laughs> I, I really want to smack you right now, because there's too many P's flying around here. And I don't know, I know what to do with them. They're all squirting. Oh, man. What? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. What um, the fuck is P3P? P3P, Persona 3 Portable. Oh, Persona 3 Portable. I was thinking, I was like, what's the P stand for? Because I have the uh, Persona yes. 3, like, Fez or something. Mm-mm. Um, so, say I bought, you know, P3P... You know, now, P3P is uh, 20 bucks. Uh, I put it, you know, I put in my PSP. <laughs> I, I use the UMD registration application. I won't say APP. Registration application. Um, yeah, registration application sensation. And I put in this information, 
it out. <laughs> it. What? Registration. Oh, oh, information. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus I mean, Christ, this is going nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. Um, and then I upload it. Now I get to buy it again. Yeah. For my for my Vite. Yeah. And I get to spend less, which apparently is um, anywhere between 100 yen and 2,400 yen. So it's anywhere between. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I don't no, know. I'm I'm gonna read this verbatim from uh, from the Kotaku article. The digital versions uh, says, of the games are priced anywhere between 100 yen, which is uh, one dollar and twenty nine cents, yeah. and 2,400, which is thirty one dollars, which. Right, exactly. But um, according to Sony, the games are available at a quote-unquote agreeable price, which is ambiguous. Is it a discount? None of these on the list hit that $31 mark. Right, and those because all of these games are greatest hits games. Like Patapon 3 like came out recently, but it's a cheap game. Gran Turismo is old. Hot Shots Golf Public 2 PSP, the best, yeah. is a greatest hit. Comic Raider 2 is old. Uh, Dynasty Warriors PSP, the best. This is a greatest hit. P3P, PSP, the best. It's a greatest hit. And Guilty, Guilty Gear Judgment is... God knows how old. Um, but, see, here's the thing. It's like, okay, agreeable price. Does that mean it's going to be available at like some sort of a discount? Because you did pay X amount of money for the game? Um... Is there some kind of, you know, there's a lot of ambiguity in this where, okay, how are they going to control piracy? I mean, if you're going to pay for the game at an agreeable price, quote-unquote, does that allow you to say, I have God of War, Ghost of Sparta, and I upload that information, I put the UMD disc in my PSP, and register the UMD? Um... I'm assuming that it's going to take some data specific to the UMD mm-hmm. so that I can't take that UMD out, give it to you yeah. if you didn't have Ghost of Sparta and allow you to take advantage of the same ability to download Ghost of Sparta right. onto your Vite at an agreeable price. Right. Um but the the kicker thing is, all right, it's great that you're able to um get these games from the previous portable onto the current portable. Uh, the kind of weird issue is that from one generation to the next, they want you to pay for it again. Yeah. They want you to, like, you know, buy a PSP game and then download it from PSN, a digital version, for more money. And not like, you know, a dollar. You know, oh yeah, like a a licensing fee, like how uh, you download... Uh, the old rock band tracks, and you just pay like a dollar twenty nine for the for the license. And any time you want to migrate your uh, rock band tracks from the previous game, you can do that. Besides the ones that can't be migrated, and that's okay. You know, you pay once, and no matter how many times, or say you know you delete it and you rent it, you, you don't even have to have the same game, the the same disc, I should say. Yeah, and you I, can always migrate those games, uh, migrate those tracks because you have the key. For this, it's like, um, you know, I got PSP games. Say I I got a collection of PSP games from somebody, 
and I want to use them on my Vite because I want to consolidate. It sounds now so ridiculous pay. when we're saying it this way. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm saying it. Um, <clears throat> so now I got to pay for this. I mean, granted, in this particular situation, I got these games for free. But let's say I want to play a game that I wanted to play, but now it's not uh, like they don't sell PSPs anymore. But I found the game. I bought the game off of eBay. And I've been feeding to play this game, but I don't have a PSP, and I have a, a Vite. <laughs> um, this leads me to think and ask the question of, are there going to be PSP games on the PSN for this new portable? Or is it going to be completely locked away, and the only way that you can get access to these PSP games that are available on the PSN is by buying the disc? Yeah. So what happens to, like, for example, I bought a bunch of games on sale off of PSN, and I downloaded them onto my memory stick. Can I play those games on my new Vitae? You, so you're asking, are, is, it, is it backwards compatible? Is it backwards compatible with a memory stick that has a downloaded game from PSN legally? Oh, I, I don't, I, don't I, I would, I'd be willing to bet yes. Um... I don't, I don't, I don't know the details of the backwards compatibility for. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not asking for clarity because I'm just mentioning it as uh, a matter of fact that this PSP uh, UMD Passport program has some holes that need to be filled. What meaning? Yeah. Like, why don't I just wait till it comes out on PSN and download it directly to my Vitae? Yeah, if I don't own the game, then I, I don't, I don't see that that's a hole. I see that. Well, it's not a hole. It's just that I don't know whether I have to go out and buy a UMD now for a game that I want to play on my Vita because I don't want to buy a PSP you, at this you, point. You, mis- you, mis- you mispronounced it. You, you mispronounced it. I know I mispronounced. <laughs> I'm tired of I'm tired of mis mispronouncing it. <laughs> so I'm going to call the Vita from now. On. Because uh, it allows me to be more fluid with my communication. Because every time I say Vite, I go Vite. Nicki Minaj Vite. <laughs> so, um, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, say I didn't have a PSP, but I wanted to play PSP games. I know. So, so I'm looking at this thing, and and I can under I could totally see backlash coming their way, and it sucks that it's like. We created this new platform that is not backwards compatible with your old format. It is compatible with the software, but not the format. So if you have this format, you're going to have to pony up. But and, and while I'm sure that on like, like there are differences between this and what I'm about to say, but like there are more than a fair share, including myself, of people who are willing to pay the ridiculous price of $10 for Super NES games to download on Wii. And... Though this is from a very recent generation into the immediately next one, I kind of feel like if, for me at least, if I'm willing to, and, and actually, like, in hindsight, that the virtual console pricing system is way too much for what they offer. If I'm willing to pay $10 for Street Fighter 2 Turbo, for example, on Wii, then I'm not going to gripe about a service that they're introducing, that they're building out for me to use my old games that won't even fit into the device that they are giving me 
in a couple of months. You know what I'm saying? They, I'm not necessarily defending any corporation here, you know, but if we're being mm-hmm. fair about it, they are providing a service to make the impossible possible. They don't have a physical UMD drive. That. There is no way for us to play these games, but they are trying to figure out a way to 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 carry it forward and they have to have some infrastructure in place for that, especially to avoid piracy. And I think that while the inconsistency in the pricing is something that I'm concerned about, like I think that as long as it as long as, you know, they truly are agreeable prices and thirty one dollars is not an agreeable price. But maybe it's for some fan- fantastic. I think that they were game. saying that the thirty-one dollars was the price of a PSP game on PSN. I don't think that. I really hope that they weren't saying that. That's part of the agreeable price structure. That's that's why I was. I threw that question out. Like, is the five to thirty-one or the one the dollar twenty-nine to thirty-one dollars the uh, agreeable price, or is that the standard price? Right. Um. Uh, yeah. I, everywhere else I'm I mean, it's unclear. It we don't know. It. It's Japanesey, you know, Google Translate. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, they haven't really even announced this thing like for real, for real, like in America and what they're gonna do with it. So yeah, I'm not really sure yet. Obviously, oh, not yeah. none of us is sure. Um, let's see. Yeah, there is not a flat fee to purchase this version. It appears to be up to indiv- yeah. So I'm reading the giant bomb version. It says. Not a flat fee. It will be up to the individual publishers to determine the price. Mm-hmm. So um, it will probably... I mean, that that has to indicate that there is an ability to download PSP games from PSN to your Vita. Then that way, you get that at full price. Or, if you already own the game, then you pay the discounted price. Right. That's what I'm thinking is happening. Um, and then that prevents you from feeling upset that if I want to play this particular PSP game, I have to buy the disc and then I have to pay f- to use it on my Vita because I don't have a PSP. Right. The thing with that, that that was that was the question I was posing. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like, I don't it, either. They don't want you to buy PSP games at all if you don't own a PSP by this point in time, or, um they have another method of getting them to you through the Vita directly. Right. I mean, the problem with, you know, oh, I you know want to play this game, but I can't download it off the store, so I have to buy the disc and then pay extra in order to play it. Like... I guess I, I guess the only comparison is if if I if there was this old school game like if I could not find a working NES and there's this old school game that like I really wanted to play but it was so obscure not so obscure but like I, I just couldn't play it because I didn't have a working NES and there's no way to find it on a virtual console then I'm shit out of luck. Yeah, that's that's a no win situation. And yeah. and it's it's like I think about that and it's just like simply well that's the reality of it you know it's. That's why people keep their old systems around. Like that's why, you know, people flock to the PS2 when they introduce backwards compatibility. That's why it was such a big selling point. Even though Peter Moore wanted to say that research showed that people didn't care about backwards compatibility. And what's the truth? Do people really care about that? Maybe they don't. 
Maybe. Maybe they don't. I mean, I, I certainly do because it fits with my habits of not playing what I own and then waiting until the <laughs> next generation to get to it. And there's, there's there are a lot of people, like, when they think about uh, financial uh, investment into next-generation yeah. systems, that is something that parents usually think about. And um, it's important to them, yes. But, like, for people like us, where, you know, nine times out of ten, we have a legacy of game consoles. I you know, I still have my NES. I still have my Super NES. I still have an N sixty four and I have a place an original PlayStation, a Saturn, Dreamcast, PS two and moving on, I pretty much have every console. <laughs> and I refuse to let them go. I have all the methods to connect them to whatever T V I need to connect them to at this point in time. Uh, and that's so that if I happen to say Damn, I want X amount of game. Not X amount of game. I, I want X Y Z game. I could just go and buy it because it's it's going to be obscure. If if it's not going to be on a virtual console, any kind of backwards compatibility or retro kind of thing, then I'm going to have to go buy it. Right. And I'd rather not be in a situation where I buy a game or I want a game and I just can't have it at all because it's just impossible. And that's why, for me, backwards compatibility con- continues to be important, though, because I don't want to have to keep my NES around. I don't want to have to... Like, I'm, I'm, I've... My mentality in the last three years has shifted by quite a bit. Like, I want to keep a Spartan house. I, mm-hmm. as much as I, like... I'm not necessarily agreeing with what Pete would say about, like, go all digital. I don't like boxes. I like my games. I like the boxes. I like having a library. But you know, I'm finding myself that out of necessity for what I want my living style to be, I can't have them. And that includes having all the wires to connect an NES up to an HDTV or having the GameCube with its odd shape sitting there. I want to get rid of my GameCube. I don't want it anymore. I don't want to keep it around. I don't want to have the cables for it. I don't want to have the power brick for it. I want it gone. And that is why when we pretty much said, yo, this is, this is, we kind of added like steroids to the GameCube and that's what it is. So every single GameCube game, I was like, fan fucking tastic. Now I got to find a place to, you know, give my GameCube. But like the point is like, I don't want it anymore. And like, I, you know, it, so that's why it is important to me. Uh, Otherwise, I, you know, I kind of make sure that I, I, I seek out the games that I don't think will work out in the future because they're obscure and no one's going to make, you know, backwards compatible patches for them for the 360, for example. Um, I'm trying to think, like, there, there's some, there was some game that I sold back that wasn't compatible on 360 and I just, just I, I had to come to terms with the fact that I didn't care enough about that game anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one it was, but I was just like, you know what, I'm thinking about it. I'm never going to play this. I have tens of games that I've never played. I'm never going to play this. And it's just a sad fact. That's the situation. It's gone. But, you know, I, I, it is important to me to have backwards compatibility. And exactly for the reasons why you want to keep your systems around. Because you're afraid that they're not going to do it right. Well, I just want them to do it right. And that's the one thing that I have 
that, that I'm fearful of this passport thing is simply that if they're going to do it on a game-by-game basis, then that means it's like it is it, it is up to the decision of somebody to make it available as opposed to by its inherent nature, this game is already compatible with the device. Maybe it needs mm-hmm. to be tweaked, and that's what's in question. Because with the with the with the PS3, right? Mm-hmm. There's some games that don't really work well. I think. What do you mean? There's there's some PS1 or PS2 games that don't really work properly. Oh well, most probably more likely PS2 games than PS1 because right. I think they have one chip PS1. Right, since they had one chip PS1 and PS2, they just migrate that. Right. So, so yeah, like you got instances where it's not perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And, but, but, but because Sony made the decision to say, you know, these things may not be perfect, but we are building the hardware with the intent that, for the most part, you should be able to just stick in what you have. You should be able to insert. You should be able to use <laughs> what you already have. <laughs> In your library, it's not this whole thing of, well, the publisher wants to make it available digitally, so that's how you're going to get it. You, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It's a very, it's a very stri- uh, fine Which line that like I'm trying to draw console. here. But, huh? Which is like virtual console. Right, exactly. What I'm saying is that you know, it's, it's the mentality of building the machine around letting you play what you already have versus not, give, not being able to give you that and then compensating for it by, by saying, like, you know... Trade your thing in for a digital version of this. By the way, you might not get a digital version of this because the publisher might not care enough to make it available for you. Right. It is not the same physical thing that you already have that you are reusing or the same digital thing that you already have that you're reusing. It is the publisher deciding whether or not that they want to make it available. And that's what what kind of scares me. It's like... Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of games that are on PSN. Uh, well, I should say there are a lot of games that are on UMD that are not on PSN. Right, exactly. And it's like with, uh, y- you know, with like PC games, right? Like if I wanted to play Anachronox, right? I can't rely. Well, never mind the fact that the team that built that is is now disbanded. I can't rely <laughs> on Ion Storm to say, excuse me, to say we Ion Storm, the the developer of this game, and we I- Idos, the publisher. I forgot who who published Anachronox. It was Idos. Okay, so Eidos, the publisher of the game, we are going to band together, and we're going to give you a Windows 7 patch for Anachronox, because we know that you want it to be backwards compatible. No, they're like, yo, you're on your fucking own. If you're a nerd and you know how to code it, great, but we're not going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you know, Anachronox is not really a very popular game anyway, so nobody's going to come out the woodwork exactly. with a patch like this X. Although had. somebody actually did, and, and I got it to boot up on Windows 7, I was really happy about that. Really for Anachronox? Or is it seven or was it X when I still had XP? I don't know. I, don't know. I can't remember. I just I, remember that I, I got it sure got it working and I was really happy. And then mm. I got Windows Seven, maybe. So maybe maybe it was I don't uh-huh. I don't fucking know. But yeah, I want to play that I again. Know. I I uh I actually threw that away, that game, because I had the cracked D V D. Oh or C D whatever it was. And um I was su- I'm still surprised that I actually installed it with that fat crack. It wasn't even a crack. Like the disc was broken. Oh, jeez! But the sticker uh, on the 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 face was what kept it together. Right. That's that's and crazy. And I managed to install the game and run it. And I was like, I pulled it out of my uh, bin, and I'm like, I am not going to play you, and you're broken. I'm not going to play you when you're broken. Garbage. <laughs> I mean, it was a fun game when I played it, but it was just a knockoff of Final Fantasy VII anyway. 
Let's see. Does but, anyone you know, sell Anachronox like... digitally? How to mm-hmm. make Anachronox use... Let me see. Uh, Anachronox flickering under Windows 7 x64. So that means that someone has gotten it to run on Windows 7 64-bit. Mm-hmm. Either all. that or they just tried to run it. Or maybe that... Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's yeah. probably what happened. Um... Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, there are games like Morrowind. They made like graphic bump patches, right? So that it looks like Oblivion, or well, close. And you know, your, your game just has to be that big for that. But I'm pretty sure you, you. I mean, there are a lot of good PSP games that are out there that have been uh, re, re, uh, not mastered, made available again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the PSN, like. You know, and then they've been discounted, which is good too. It's like uh, Maximo, the the PSP version of Maximo was on uh, PSN and it got reduced. Mm. Um, and I, I didn't think that things like that were going to happen because it's just ridiculous that you can find a game in a store, the UMD version of a game in a store, and it'll be five bucks, ten bucks, right? But on PSN, it's still thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. That, that's and the market, you know. That's the market saying we don't want you anymore. But, but what if what if I'm only five dollars? Maybe we want you now. Oh, by the way, uh, GameFAQs forum on Windows Seven compatibility. I'm playing Anachronox right now, a Windows Seven sixty-four bit professional with the latest unofficial patch, and I haven't had any problems so far. Mm. So there are well, nerds out there for Windows Seven and well, not just XP. I'm pretty sure they didn't code their own executable or anything, you think? Um, gosh, I damned if I know. I have no idea with, mm-hmm. with these things, but I don't know. But um, what were you just saying before I interrupted you? I was talking about price differences. Price differences, right. Between like, the disc and the PSN. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and, and that's the thing with like me not wanting to keep my GameCube around. Like, I guess it's not a universal thing. Because it's, for the consoles, it's a big box, cables, controllers, and the fear that it might not work with, like, a new TV, whatever. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, I don't see any reason to get rid of my PSP. Well, It's a singular device. to get rid of a PSP. That's the thing. That's the, that's the other thing, I should say. Like... I c- I'm not going to go out and say this in a group of people, but what goes through my head is, why don't you just keep your fucking PSP when people complain about backwards compatibility in the Vita? It's like, okay, it doesn't take UMDs. You have a perfectly working PSP, and if you don't, then get one on sale before they stop selling them. Oh, because, I mean, I-, I-, I agree with you on that sentiment, but I can understand that, like, People and and I'm I've become this way too. I've become a stingy snot. Like people want to be able to get as much money back for whatever they can get as possible, and they want to upgrade to the Vita. They want to be able to play their old games, but they also would like to be able to trade up their PSP because that thing is probably going to give you a decent value when they when the Vita starts coming out. They're probably going to be like be pimping all these deals out, and so they want to be oh, yeah. able to do that. And yeah, I know that's why I said I would not say this in a group of people, but this is what would be going through my head. You know, I'm not one to trading um, consoles of any type, but there are people who do, and this type of service, yes, it would benefit them. It would be nice if it was something that didn't have to cost them extra, right? but it does. 
And like, I, I, like again, I, I think that by by virtue of them creating a service to let you accomplish again what what is is physically impossible, you know, the idea of that is fine. There goes my dryer. <laughs> um, it would be nice if they could make some kind of software that instead of going through the convoluted process up and down, of it would be authenticating that in, encrypt yeah. UMD data. That's what I was going but to... That's, but the problem is, encrypting UMD data, you someone will break the code, and then you get PSP all over again. What I was going to say, like what I was, you know, what would be perfect is if they found a way to say, alright, and and people who are against DMR and all this shit would like, will flog me for saying this, but it's like... R before the M. DRM. You yeah, said DMR. Like, Fuck you in the face! <laughs> um, <laughs> nuclear. It's pronounced nuclear. Um, if, like, if I did something where I said, hey, okay, I'm gonna connect my, my regular PSP to my Vitae, Vitae, mm-hmm. and some software will convert it into a digital file on my PSP. And after that, I will have to log my Vitae onto a database and like enter in this information about the game before I can even start playing. So that, you know, it doesn't prevent you from doing that and then giving me the UMD and playing it, but it does prevent you from doing that, giving me the UMD, and then putting it on my Vitae, Vitae, Vito. Yeah, like almost like steaming it. Like, yeah, steaming it. <laughs> steaming. Yeah, you you can say you have you take the USB, the micro USB, and then you somehow connect it to the what you call it, the the Vite, the, <laughs> the Vito, um, and you transfer it like directly transfer. It may take twenty minutes to transfer two two gigs, but uh, you know, transfer straight through. And then that becomes stored on the memory stick, two gigs. I just think, I mean, I think that more than anything else, and this is a completely different topic than what we're talking about, but more than anything else, this is kind of retribution for Sony choosing to go with this proprietary format and thinking Mm. that they would turn this machine into a multimedia powerhouse when really people didn't want that. People thought they wanted it, and then they were like, well, wait a second, like the battery sucks. Well, wait a second. Like this makes a lot of noise. Well, wait a second. Like these UMD, these are like goofy. Like, like now I have to buy a movie on a UMD. What the fuck is that shit? And you know how quickly that died out. Oh yeah. Uh, what? I gotta buy a DVD and a UMD and pay like twenty dollars for the UMD. What? Yeah. I mean, look. If you and I'm not saying that Nintendo is the king of the shit because they clearly aren't. But you know, at the very least, when you look at their form factor, it's like, all right, this is something that looks like an SD card. Okay, here's a 3DS. You know what? We don't need to make the slot that much bigger to hold these new cards, and we can still fit in our old cards. Okay. Like, they are learning from the fact that they're like, yeah, we're going to just, you know, stick with cartridges because that's what people want. They don't want loading times. They want to pay $80 for no loading times. (laughs) And then they wise up. It's like, no, no, we're going to... You know, we're going to do it in such a way that things are backwards. Well, I mean, obviously they weren't necessarily thinking that they would make GameCube games backwards compatible like very, very, very early on, but maybe they were. Mm-hmm. But like that, you know, it's it's kind of like Nintendo pull, uh, Sony pulled a Nintendo. They're like, we think you're going to want this shit even though it seems impractical. Oops. 
Well, here's his <laughs> passport program. I don't know. Like, I... I... I ah. Ooh, booty call. <laughs> That's my alarm. I was uh, setting the volume, and I forgot that it plays it when oh. you set the level. I don't know. It's very, it's very, it's very concerning, and it's something that, like, you know, I've maybe wrongfully felt entitled to as a consumer ever since Sony came out with it. I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's an entitlement. You know, it's 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 a luxury, and it's it's a it's a favor that they're doing for us that they say, guess what, your shit's backwards compatible. You know, it's a favor that they're doing to us, and it's obviously a marketing bullet point on their end too. It's not like they're being selfless, but you know. It's like they gave us something and now they take it away. And the question yeah. is, are they? Did, is it an issue because they set a standard and now they are not meeting their very own standards, or is it a non-issue because they really threw us a bone and now we're so spoiled? It's very hard to draw that line. Yeah, and then there's also the 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 iteration, like the the deal where it's this is the next handheld device right after it and granted okay you go from Game Boy to Game Boy Color there's backwards compatibility you go from Game Boy Color to Game Boy Advance wait a minute there's backwards compatibility you go from PSP to PS Vota (laughs) (laughs) and lo and behold the format is completely different because they drop the ball on the format and now it's like after only one iteration you're paying extra for being able to for the ability to play these games on the future on the later handset and it's it's I guess it's jarring it's a precedent and it's very possible that this could be a, a serious precedent that could be a standard um yeah. Who knows what Nintendo's going to do for their next handheld, and whether they'll maintain the ability to do any kind of backwards compatibility. They may go to like a disc format, or well, they're not going to go to disc format, but they may go to some other high capacity format that does not fit the form factor. Yeah, and now you're stuck again, or, or well, even better, they'll go to another console, a handheld that doesn't have 3D. Much, you know, and the one last thought I'll put to this uh, is I wonder how much of this is really consumers being upset or is it just this is the latest news and something for them to be upset about because they feel like they want to bitch about something because I'm, you know, I and, and I don't have, you know, the eye on the market here. I don't know what people are saying. But when Microsoft announced, like, yo, we're just... You guys don't fucking care about backwards <laughs> compatibility. So why do we bother? And then, like, you know, the the, the two people who care were like... Nah, 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 nah. And they're like, no. Mm-hmm. They sound like 50,000 people. You're two people. We're, we're done. Sorry, we're done. We're, we're, we're finished. We're done. You guys don't care. We don't care. We're moving on. And then, like... Like what? What? What's the you know? How many people still care? Like how? Be, may, and 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 that may be a factor of well, they can't do anything about it at this point. But like when people like when people look at the platforms now and 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 you know start to bash, 
like how long is it before they get down to the backwards compatibility part? Because like back when the consoles launched, yeah, they were like, yeah, well, PS3 has never been compatible, and Microsoft has these stupid stuff for things. Nowadays, it's like, are the fanboys still arguing about that, or have they moved on to other things? You know, is it still fresh in their minds? Are they still really caring that much about backwards they don't compatibility? Care. They're too busy playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. You know, for me, it's like I do care, and I wish that, you know. I would, you know, if a console came out for 20 bucks more because it was fully backwards compatible and and like its competitors weren't, I I would I would not be too mad about paying the extra money because what if it was more than that because the the console that it is providing backwards compatibility for is so advanced that they have not been able to efficiently shrink the hardware to a $20 price point. What if it's sixty dollars, hundred dollars more? I, I don't know. I don't know. See PlayStation Three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's essentially no, what I'm talking about. no. But that wasn't a hundred dollars more because of the backwards compatibility. It wasn't two hundred dollars more because of the cell processor. It wasn't three hundred dollars more because it looks like a panini grill. It's four hundred dollars more because it will make you want to work for it, and it's a status thing. <laughs> And you will want to buy it because it costs more. <laughs> oh, and he resigned. So there you go. No, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know where my cutoff is, you know. It's like sometimes, like, and I realize I'm inconsistent with this, but, like, it's like sometimes it's about the principle, and then sometimes it's literally about the execution and the numbers, you know. That's I don't know. True. Uh, I don't that's know. That's why it's hard to be consistent about it. You can't it, it, because there's so many variables involved. Yeah. I just wish everything was on the PC, and everything was backwards compatible on my PC. <laughs> Not even PC is truly backwards compatible. I know. I mean, that's why I added the second. Is. That's why I added the second clause of "I wish it was backwards." Yeah. But it's like, wouldn't that be so great if all my favorite games were on the computer and I have this great laptop and do it all? Like, yeah. I, I, I was in my hotel room and I was playing NBA 2K12 without having to lug an Xbox with me. That that's a boon. Like that for me personally, because I'm a huge fan of that, of, of basketball. It's just like. And, and, like, I can play fucking Batman Arkham Asylum without lugging a console with me. Like, wouldn't it be great if, if I could do that all on my PC, you know? And that's that's the one area where when people say one platform future and I'm like, fuck you guys, that's the one area where I'm willing, concede, willing to concede that, yes, I like the idea of that, but it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. And because of the realism, because of the realism, because of the realities of the world that we live in, you know, having a one platform future is not possible because people aren't going to want to innovate for that one platform. They're going to want to create their own. And if they limit you to one platform, then we won't get those innovations. Um, but we will have backwards compatibility. Well, yeah, because there won't be any iterations. <laughs> so I don't it'll know. Just have more co- it'll just get better, but it won't yeah. be iterative. I'll tell you what, though. Like, for the Vitae... Game, no, I'm sorry, for the PSP games that can go into my Vitae... If the pricing is agreeable, and agreeable to me is up, I will say up to five dollars. Mm, Depend. I, I think it might be up to five dollars off. <laughs> oh, that no, that no, that's that's disagreeable. But if yeah, it's up to I mean, five dollars to port a game up, I, I will not have any problem doing that. I mean, like I said, yeah, I, I pay I ten fucking dollars for fucking. You know, SNES virtual console games that I don't play. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, but see, I, I think that the difference 
between like a Super Nintendo Virtual Console game and a PSP UMD Passport, in my opinion, is that by this time, a Super Nintendo game is readily unavailable. Whereas, but when the Vita comes out, you could theoretically go to the store and buy the UMD at full price, $30, $40 sometimes, and then pay extra to be able to play it on the Vita. Are you talking about the difference because of the price point that I have a gripe about, or because of the concept? Um, Conceptually, I'm, you know... I, I think it's the price point, because, like, or, yeah, you don't have a problem spending $10 on a Super Nintendo game that you probably won't play, but then again, the Super Nintendo game came out almost 20 right. years ago. So, so my Actually, my 20 years ago. Right, my response to that is, it came out 20 years ago, and therefore it is a 20-year-old game, and things have changed. And, like, some of the games that, you know, some of the games that I like from, from a long time ago, like Final Fantasy VI notwithstanding, a lot, a great deal of these games are cool games that I paid $10 for to have because of nostalgia, and they were pretty good. Are mm-hmm. they actually worth $10? Most likely not. Actually, almost certainly not. Are the PSP games that I would get today worth the hassle of an extra five bucks to get onto a platform that I don't have to carry the UMD around anymore, if I so chose to do it, yes. Maybe. But it's more so it, it makes more sense to me than here's this twenty year old game that maybe doesn't hold up but you're still being asked to pay ten dollars for it, especially when PlayStation One games, arguably more advanced games than the games of old, are available for seven dollars. Or something like Final Fantasy Seven is available for $10. You know, like Final Fantasy VII, you know, for for all the hemming and hawing I might do about it, versus, oh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a ran- random SNES game um, that I have. Remember that Super Nintendo games are also $8, but... Oh, is it? I, I'm sorry, I was, I was wrong. I'm sorry, then what's $10? Neo Geo games, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So $8, okay, so that's true. So that's a little bit, little bit more palatable, but still, like... A lot. Still, it should be scaled down. It should have been like three, four Nintendo games instead of five. Five. Like all the pricing is fucked up on that eight. Never. And never mind the fact that it should be a subscription service, or there should be an option for subscription. It should be. Yeah. You know, that would be even better. Yeah. But they probably would have made so much less. Like third parties probably would have. I mean, granted, they're shitting on it now. Yeah. They probably would have shat on it even more. Yeah. Took a bigger shit. (laughs) <laughs> but you know, my point being is that like I I think it's I, I don't think it's unreasonable for them to ask me to pay a small fee, not thirty dollars, but a small fee to do this. You know, and and it would be my choice because me personally, I am keeping my PSP around. Mm-hmm. For me as a consumer in general, still, you know, it, it's. I mean, it's 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 an other option. You know that they're giving to you, and and you can choose to keep your PSP. You can choose to download it directly from the store, or you can choose to say like, "Well, I I'll get the UMD now because I don't know if I want a Vita, but maybe later I'll get a Vita, and maybe later I'll want to pay that five dollars to transfer it over, or if maybe I won't because I will keep my <laughs> PSP." You know, again, the 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 thing that bugs me the most about this is the availability. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it was all games, it's a different story. Yeah, but we know it's not going to be all games. Yeah. Because not not all the games are on PSN anyway. 
Yeah. But apparently, and thanks to Edu Buccaneer for IMing me and letting me know this, um, and I apologize that I could not talk to you because I was meeting some things, but Vagrant Story is on PSN, and I will be going oh, and yeah. getting that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been on PSN for, like, the longest. I didn't, I did, but I didn't know that, and I think when we were recording last time on yeah, on episode 228, sure we weren't it. sure, so. Yeah, I was in the store recently, and I was, oh, I was looking for Chrono Cross, and I came oh, When does it come out? When does it come out? It came out last week. Oh, 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 I, 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 I am not going to be strong. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's $10. I'm looking at my PSP right now. <laughs> it's what? I'm pretty sure it's $10 to... I'll fucking pay $10 for that shit. I, I'm looking I mean, at my PSP and I'm winking at it. that are worth $10. I'm winking at my PSP right now because of, of Chrono Cross's availability, just so you know. I'm winking at it and I'm saying, you're going to get much more burned than my 3DS at some point. Which is wrong <laughs> because I already beat that fucking game. Dang. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Have you any last words? Because then I gotta go pick no. up my dryer stuff. And I gotta go to sleep. I gotta wake up. God, like eight o'clock, and then go to two rock shows. Oh god, shut up the horns, and buddy. An after party after that. Horns. Damn. It'd be nice if this was like my life, but it's not. Horns. Well, those yeah. are his last words. You heard those it. Are my last words. He's gonna he's gonna be passed out in 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 asleep for for decades after this rock show because he's gonna be tired. But. I wish. But he will somehow wake up next week or the week after to record because he will subconsciously rise from his grave. I don't I don't know. I'm putting a string of sentences together that don't make sense. Uh, 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 say something. Find us. You can find each one of us at drygames.net on the internet. Al, where can we find you? Where do you live? Uh, I live in various places, I guess. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash dredmage. Twitter.com slash DRedMage. Um, there's xlm2k.blogspot.com, which I'll update sometime. And what about your band? Oh, yeah. I have a band. and uh, He has a band. That site is uh, rocafuertemusica.com. R-O-C-A.com. F-U-E-R-T-E. Musica. With an A at the end. Mm-hmm. Dot com. Mm-hmm. 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 So, and you can find their album, Vuelo Letal, which means Lethal Flight. I learned that because Al knows Spanish. Very on the Amazon.com, barely, Amazon.com MP3 downloads list. Make sure to, that make sure that you choose MP3 downloads. There's other places, too. iTunes, uh, Spotify, Zune, uh, supposed to be Rhapsody, but who knows. Uh, anywhere where your digital media is served, you should find us. Excellent. Pete, where do you live? Twitter.com slash Riven. That's R-Y-V-V-N. R-Y-V-V-N. And if you like don't you... alcoholics talking about video games and movies, you should follow me on Twitter. Follow <laughs> him on Twitter at ryvvn.com slash twitter.net. That's yes. the only place I live. No, no other place That's the only place to live. No other place is important. Okay. And you can find me, obviously, at Mr. Chupon on Twitter. It's at Mr. Chupon with an O, not a zero. Uh, you can also, obviously, visit us at trygames.net at trygames.net, which we rarely update, but one day I will. Uh, you can also visit me at www.sharkversusoctopus.com, uh, which is nonsense and has nothing to do with video games, but it could. Uh, and that's all the places that I live. Email, 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 email. Email us at mailbag at trygames.net, M-A-I-L-B-A-G at trygames.net, or you could spell it the wrong way, M-A-L-E. And you can also visit friends of the site. You can visit our friend Maurice at everyonelovesdinosaurs.com. 
the other Austin out in the world because there are only two of us, and we're both awesome at austindlight.com. Light is spelled the, pro- the appropriate way, like a light bulb. And you can visit Brian Fishman, friend of the site, doctor, and he will save your fucking life as long as you go to his blog, which is called drfishypants.com. Also friends of the site, we've got James Dendy Connor at www.gamesjames.com. That's www.gamesjames.com. Not just one game, but multiple games. And there's also our friend Alex and Gary from That Game Podcast, which is conveniently www.thatgamepodcast.com. And that's where you can find us. Very good. I almost forgot about that again. See? Thank mm-hmm. you. I'm useful for something. You're useful. You're good for some things. All right, that's it for us. That's it for episode 230. Thank you. You've been a wonderful audience of one. I think this episode actually took in... Oh, no, sorry. I was going to say this episode... Yeah, wait. I think this episode did take two and a half hours to record. Yeah, because I had to get the laundry. Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't mean in real time. I mean, our first thing wasn't an hour and a half. I guess. I don't know. It's an hour... I don't know. This is going to be fun to edit. It's almost like 11, 11, 11, 11, 11. But I'll go to 11. 11. For Al. 12. 12. I've been your host, Austin. And... God, we need to pass out.